Ailey. The housing charity Shelter questioned adults between 20 and 34. Nearly half of them said they simply couldn't afford to rent or buy their own property. Across the UK, there are nearly 2 million young adults still living with their parents. The charity is urging stronger action to help this group to fly the nest. David Cameron says the coalition plans to introduce further restrictions on how long migrants can claim benefits. In an article for the Daily Telegraph, the Prime Minister says many EU nationals will be able to claim for only three months. The UN Secretary-General Ban Ki-moon has expressed concern that more leaflets have been dropped in northern Gaza, warning residents of an imminent attack by Israel. He said aid agencies would not be able to cope with the further influx of civilians and called for both sides to avoid further escalation of the conflict. A woman from Leighton Buzzard who retired to Dorset has been killed in a road accident. 63-year-old Janice Short and a 23-year-old motorcyclist were killed in the accident near Weymouth. More from Gail Sanderson. Mrs Short, who has six grandchildren, worked as a teaching assistant in Bedfordshire until she retired 12 months ago. Police say she was walking across the road with her dog at about five o'clock on Saturday night when they were in collision with the motorbike. Her husband Andrew said his wife Jan was the centre of the family's world and her spirit, love and enthusiasm would be missed every day by her family and friends. Householders in Tring say an unpleasant mystery smell is forcing them to take refuge indoors and gives them a headache. Decorum Borough Council says it's investigating and is in talks with Thames Water to determine whether the cause is sewage sludge being spread on a field in the town. In sport, Milton Keynes Olympic long jump champion Greg Rutherford starts his Commonwealth Games campaign this morning with qualifying at Hampden Park in Glasgow. England won silver last night in the 100 metres with Adam Jamili second to Jamaica's Kamar Bailey Cole. The weather, a cloudy start with patchy rain but clearing to leave a warm and sunny day, maximum temperature 26 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks first really rural community out of London as you go northwards. And all this week we're featuring Harpenden. It's just a really pleasant town with lovely commons. It's all about where you live. I say it's a great place to live. I say I'm very lucky to live here. The Good big 12. tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Was that a 12 year old boy or an old woman? I, I couldn't tell. Uh, I don't know. Should I ask the team? Probably best not to. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I've recovered after spending spending yesterday in Legoland. Legoland. It turns out that the uh, the population of Legoland is split between tiny Lego figurines and dirty, horrible common men who've got no tops on and are covered in tattoos. Disgusting. It there, don't get me wrong, it's just the scum that does. You know what I'm talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get me some pie, nice pie. We should probably do this, shouldn't I? Really, should probably crack on with it. On the show. There's a minging trink from Muck being fling flung. 
stinky smell. Number two. People are living at home with their parents until their mid-30s. Some of our towns are the worst in the country. Is it because they can't afford it or because they're a bit sad? Number three. Should anyone have the right to tell you what to put on your relative's grave? We've done a story about this uh, a, a, a few weeks ago. Well, residents in Sandy are now being told to ditch the trinkets. You've got the grave of a loved one. Is it up to you what you can put on it? Or is it disrespectful to everyone else if you go and put bits and pieces on there? Facebook.com forward slash the B, the B, the C, the three CIs, you know, it's the the, the thing. Or you can give me a call 08459-455-555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
555 is telephone number. If you want to give us a call, uh, you can give us a call about anything you want. As, as you know, dear listener, open door policy. Uh, here's something you may be interested in. A grave uh, is perhaps the most personal space you can have after you pass on. But some Sandy residents are devastated after being told to remove their trinkets, toys, ornaments and lighting from the graves of their relatives. Laminated cards were placed on many of the plots by Sandy Town Council, telling people to take the items away by the 1st of September or they will be disposed of. Well, our reporter, Sophie Solaria, has been to Sandy Cemetery to meet Janet, Melanie and Roy, who were distraught after finding the message last week. Well, I come down, I think it was last Thursday, and I found the sign put on my son's grave, which I thought was a bit disgusting and a bit unfair, you know. Because I think they should have posted it or let us know in a different way, not putting them on the graveyard. And so tell me about Billy and how old he was. He was 14. He went to the doctors for a water infection, but he had burst appendix and the doctors didn't pick it up. And he passed away tragically in December. Yes. Can you take me to Billy's yeah, grave? Yeah, certainly. We've just arrived where Billy lays. So what we're looking at here is a wooden cross, three solar-powered Sun- ornaments. Ornaments. Uh, one with a butterfly on, a dragonfly and also a flower. Someone's put some loom bands on them as well. And then next to the loom bands there's a plastic hand, blue hand, that says high five Billy. Yeah, that's from another child, from two more children. There's a tiny little cross as well that's made out of stone that says dear son we miss you. Yeah. All of that has to go, does it? Yep, everything. I noticed that these laminates are on near enough every single gravestone that there is. One over there with a wooden cross and nothing else. A wooden cross and a laminate. Let's read one of these laminates, shall we? We are sorry, but trinkets, toys, ornaments and lighting are not permitted on graves in this cemetery. Please remove them immediately. If items have not been removed by the 1st of September, the council will dispose of them. That's Sandy Town Council in red lettering at the bottom. When you first saw this laminate, Melanie, how did you feel? I was disgusted with it. I did walk the churchyard to check to see if everybody's got them, but it only seems to be in this little area here. The baby graves on the other side hasn't got any. We're now joined by Janet and her husband. Sir, what's your name? Roy. Oh. (laughs) Roy's truly upset about this. You're crying, Roy. Please tell me, if you can, why this is upsetting you so. I just feel that they've been penalised... So I'm just having sex positive. And come up here and find all these cards like this. I just feel it's been penalised. You feel penalised. He feels yeah. penalised, Melanie. Yeah. Why does he feel penalised? Because he's got his mum and dad up here, his brother up here, his grandparents are up here. Costs a lot of money to buy the plot, so at the end of the day we should be able to put what we like yeah, on, them. on them. Gosh, well, uh, obviously very upset there. Interesting question that's raised, isn't it? They've paid a lot for the plots, so they should be able to put whatever they like there. Uh, Do you agree or disagree with that? It's a very simple question. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. They've paid a lot for the plots. Should they be able to put what they want on there? Or do you think that by putting plastic bits and pieces on there that perhaps it's... um, how can I phrase this tastefully? I possibly can't. It's bringing down the tone of the, of the cemetery. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. If you want to see pictures of Billy's grave, uh, then go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can have a little look there. 
Uh, we did try and get Sandy Town Council on the programme, but they uh, refused. Which is a little bit disappointing, because when you hear... Hey, by the way, Sandy Town Council, you can, you can give us a call this morning if you want. You'll jump straight to the front of the queue. When you hear your residents as upset as those two people were there, don't you think you have a, a, a responsibility to, to address those issues? And there are other people who are upset by that as well. Now, whether those people are right or wrong to put those things on their grave, and you obviously, Sandy Town Council, believe they are wrong, well, they're very upset. Upset because they've lost people, and upset even the upset has been compounded by the fact you've left little plastic cards on the, the graves, saying, move your tap, basically. Do you not think you've got a responsibility to come on and uh, explain it, explain your point of view? Otherwise, it's quite hard to understand what your point of view is if you don't explain it. So, this is uh, giving out this number, and this is for, for people who want to comment on this, uh, and also Sandy Town Council, 08459 455555. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The motorway's looking good this morning. Can't see any problems on camera on the M1, the M25 or the A1M. It looks to be fine if you're heading on to the A41 through Berkhamsted and Tring. Uh, Greater Anglia trains, though, delays into London-Liverpool Street from Hartford East and Chesons. There are emergency engineering works underway at Bethnal Green, so all Greater Anglia trains via Seven Sisters are affected. Normal service like to resume at around 7.30, we've been told, by Greater Anglia. And uh, there are minor delays on the Bakerloo line into London, all because of power failure at Queen's Park. I'm James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you very much. Six sixteen. It's Tuesday, the 29th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire council has been criticised for leaving laminated notices on graves telling relatives to remove ornaments. A charity says nearly two million young working adults are still living with their parents. In South Buckinghamshire, Broxbourne and Chilton, over a third are still living at home. And in sports, Milton Keynes Olympic long jump champion Greg Rutherford starts his Commonwealth Games campaign this morning. I hope he jumps far. BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up, a stinky smell. Every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start crying soon. We don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person who can sort this out. The JVS Show, on BBC Three Counties Radio.
back the mushy peas. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, when a smell gets so bad, it stops you from hanging out your washing. Well, then something isn't right, is it? In Tring in Hertfordshire, residents say the smell of muck from a nearby field is forcing them indoors and even giving them a headache. Residents near Icknield Green say the smell coming from a farmer's field is like pig manure. Others claim it smells like human manure. Well, one of the residents affected is Sharon uh, Maxfield. And Sharon joins me now. Good morning, Sharon. Morning. What, 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 does, what does it smell like to you? It smells like pig. But I had the uh, pollution officer from Decorum Borough Council out yesterday afternoon. OK, what happened? And he has confirmed it is human waste. Oh, oh, no, no. no. How, how, how does he know? Is it, does he have a machine or has he just got a good nose? Um, there was two people seen in high-vis vests in the field, so I presume they've taken a sample. They went and sampled it. Oh, dear. Um, and I, it has now been forwarded on to the um, Environmental Health and Thames Water. OK, so so what field is, is it that this waste is in, then? It was a field that was has been laid barren for years, years and years and years. We used to use it as our canal festival field. Right. Um, and then it was sold some years ago to property developers. Yeah. Um and since then, in the last two years, he's been using it to grow. Um, last year was wheat. This year was uh, rapeseed, which didn't grow very well. So that's why he's decided to spread. But he's spreading human waste. Yep. Yeah, apparently you're allowed to spread human waste as long as it's been treated properly and managed properly. What kind of crazy world are we li- I'm genuinely shocked by this. How, how A lot do you, of people are. How do you treat and manage human waste properly so that you can put it on wheat? I don't know. This is what I'd be ringing environmental health about today. So, you, so you've not spoken to the environmental health yet. You're going to call them today, are you? I'm going to call them today. I have a reference number to call them today. When? Okay, going back to the smell. When did you first notice this smell, Sharon? April, when he started delivering it to the field. When you say delivering it, he had like a truck or something. Yeah, yeah. a couple of tractors each week would come Thursday, Friday, just in time for the weekend, and he'd dump it in the field. And and how far away are you from the field? About twelve foot, fifteen foot. Oh, maybe. so you're you're right next to it then. Yeah, it's, uh, it's literally on the main road, yeah. and then it's literally the other side of the hedge. Is his, and he didn't dump it. He could have dumped it over the other side of the field yeah. where there's no houses, but he decided to dump it this side, right near the road. D- dump being the operative word here it would yes. uh, it would seem. And 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 how bad does it get? How bad how bad is it on a good day? And how bad is it? I'm guessing when it's hot like this, it must be even worse. Well, it's it's what twenty past six in the morning. And I can't have my back door open. Oh, Sharon. The smell is so intense, it makes my eyes bleed, almost. God. It gets, gets me in the back of the throat. I've had a headache since last week. It doesn't make, you don't want to eat anything. You're breathing in human poo particles, basically. Good morning, by the way, if you're enjoying your breakfast. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it, it, it must, uh, the thing is, it, it must just be wearing you ragged, Sharon. Yeah, I'm exhausted. I, yeah. just, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm ratty. You know, it's not nice for the children that they can't go out in the garden. No, of course not. You know, that we can't, you know, bought a hot tub and now we can't use it. So, what do you do? Have you spoken to the gentleman who owns the field? No, we've been trying to find out who it was. Yeah. Um, and we seem to think we've narrowed it down now. So, okay. but I mean, it's, it's all over Facebook. Yeah. And people are being quite rude now about the comments. Oh, well, don't live in the country then. Sorry, this isn't a regular, normal countryside smell at this time of year. 
No, because if you live in the country, you expect you expect a little bit of manure every now yeah, and then. Yeah, I've lived in the country all my life, yeah. so, and I've been here 14 years, and I have never... That smell has never been that bad. Is, is it significantly worse than it has been in the past? It's, it's, it's a oh. different smell. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, well, listen, we have tried to get a response from the farmer. We've not been able to. We're going to try and send um, our reporter, Justin Dealey, there later on this morning to get a, a whiff. If the farmer, the person responsible for this, is listening, what, what would you like to say to them? Oh, I, don't, I don't know where I'd start. Really, where do you start? I mean, it is absolutely gross. The fact that he's human, using human waste. Use pig poo or something else, or there must be another th- something else you could use on the field and not do it at this time of year when it's hot. We, we've, got a, we've got a statement, Shane. Let me read you this. This is from Dr. Coranborough Council. I, I would imagine, uh, if what you're saying is accurate, then this is probably written before um, they, they, they did the tests that you've spoken about. Uh, mm-hmm. That We are currently investigating this issue and are in discussions with Thames Water to determine whether it's sewage slug that, sludge that's being spread on the field. At the moment, investigations have not shown any offences have been committed, but we'll continue to look into it. It, it sounds like that was written before they'd um, made the horrible discovery mm. that it was human poo. Mm. Sh- yeah. Is that your stomach? No, it's a dog oh, playing. But, oh, but. <laughs> Sharon, listen, I'll let you go and get on with, with the dog and the kids. Thank you very much. And, uh, That's OK. Let's, let, let us know if you hear anything else and we'll see what we can do. All right, thank you very Sharon, much. Sharon, thank you very much indeed. Oh, dearie, dearie me. Oh, dear. Oh, that's a bit grim, isn't it? That is horrible. Hang on a minute. The, the thing that... The, OK, that, that's an awful situation, and let's hope that Decorum Borough Council reach... Uh, 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 you know, they can sort this out for Sharon and all the other people. You can put human poo-poo on wheat? I know. That's astonishing. That is astonishing. I had no idea. That is... Di- what kind of sick world <laughs> do we live in where that's acceptable? It's kind of put me off bread. I would rather eat GM crops and um, battery hens. In fact, I wouldn't mind a battery hen right now. It's the same stomach. But the human poo-poo on wheat. I guess if it's been treated, it's no different from any other sort of, you know. Oh, I, it's very different, mate, because you know where it's been. I heard when I went to visit a sewage works once. Here we go. Um, that the tomatoes that grow in sewage works are the tastiest tomatoes you can have. And, and how did anybody find that out? Because it's a, it's a known sort of secret around the sewage works from the sewage works. There workers. is no amount of scrubbing in the world that would make me want to pop one of those in my mouth. On the other side of the street I knew Stood a girl that looked like you I guess that's deja vu But I thought this can't be true Cause you moved to West LA Or New York or Santa Fe Or wherever to get away from me
as good as Nickelback. The excellent Nickelback. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Go and have a look at the Facebook page. Let me know what you think about those graves. Are they sensitive, uh, touching tributes to those that have passed? Or are they a little bit tacky? And I say this is a descriptive term that could bring down the tone of a graveyard. Facebook.com forward slash BBC Three CR. And then give me a call 08459 455555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, no reported problems on the roads this morning. No uh, evidence of any delays yet at the moment on the M1, M25 or the A1M. The trains, though, unfortunately delays on Greater Anglia from Hartford East and Chesons into Liverpool Street in London. It's all because of emergency engineering works at Bethnal Green. There's likely to be some disruption until around 7.30. And there are minor delays on the Bakerloo line into London because of a power failure down at Queen's Park. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A Bedfordshire council has been criticised for leaving laminated notices on graves telling relatives to remove ornaments. The cards in Sandy Cemetery laid out by Sandy Town Council tell people to get rid of the items by the 1st of September or they will be destroyed. The charity says nearly 2 million young working adults are still living with their parents. In South Buckinghamshire, Broxbourne and Chiltern, over a third are still living at home. And David Cameron has said the government is to halve to three months the amount of time for which EU nationals will be able to claim out-of-work benefits. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Milton Keynes Olympic long jump champion Greg Rutherford starts his Commonwealth Games campaign this morning with qualifying at Hampden Park in Glasgow. England won silver last night in the 100 metres with Adam Jamili second to Jamaica's Kamar Bailey Cole. I can't believe it. It's, it's something that's great for me. Obviously, I'm always pushing for the gold, but that's my first senior medal and what better place to do it than on home soil. So um, I'm, I've, I've gotten really no words to describe how I'm feeling and... Hopefully I can keep progressing and use this as a stepping stone to get more established in the senior ranks. Milton Keynes' Andrew Bagley won a silver medal with England in the team table tennis final. The Milton Keynes-based badminton team also won silver. And Hemel Hempstead's Max Whitlock is in the England gymnastics team who sit in gold medal position at the halfway stage. The team competition finishes today. In football, the pre-season friendlies continue tonight. Luton are splitting their squad to play two matches at home to Colchester and away to Boreham Wood. The club has apologised to supporters for any inconvenience but say it's vital the entire squad is 100% match fit. Stevenage host Reading, that's a 7.30 kick-off at the Lamex Stadium. Wickham go to Wealdstone and Milton Keynes Dons go to Cambridge with manager Carl Robinson saying places are still up for grabs in his starting 11 despite Sunday's win over Nottingham Forest with what looked like his first choice team. It may look like the team's getting taken shape but like some Mark Randall and the people on the fringes and Hitchy and, and Tom and George Bulldog they're, they're still, they're still powerly still a lot of minutes still to be played and obviously some of them now will get the 90 minutes on Tuesday away at Cambridge it'll be, it'll be, it'll be a different other team that plays on Tuesday In cricket India will resume on 25 for 1 on day 3 of the third test at Southampton that's in reply to England's 569 for 7 declared and in the Minor Counties Championship Bedfordshire start their second innings trailing by 53 runs going into the final day of their match at Norfolk BBC Three Counties News and Sport the next full bulletin is at 7 Scoins? Yep Yep what are you doing? Just coming in. Just coming in. But you're late. I'm not. Uh, well. I'm not. Well. Simon was still doing the bulletin when I left. Yeah, but it's nice to have a little bit of bonding before. We were bonding. You're out of breath. We were bonding in the other room. I'm not. <clears throat> I'm fit. Okay, you're, you're, you're not out of breath. Okay, breathe near the microphone. Breathe. You're holding your breath. Breathe properly. Let it. No, don't. Just do normal breathing. I'm just doing normal. Breathing. That was that was trying to compensate overcompensate for your lack of breath. I would say my heart rate is probably about sixty-five percent of heart rate max. Well, that's moment. that's funny because when you walk into the room, my heart rate heart rate double. <laughs> <laughs> Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're having some great fun and bands oh. here with my producer Paul Scoins. High five, brother. Hey. That's what I'm talking oh. about. Should we have a really triumphant song that features no swears in? Yes. And then we're going to dive into the papers and really rip the news um, up. Yeah. But, uh,
things are gonna get easier Ooh, child, things will get brighter Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier Ooh, child, things will get brighter Two very old men in a studio somewhere in Luton here, pretending they're 15. The Posies also runs in the uh, great indie wars of the late 80s, early 90s. The boy, four, has the mark of the devil on him. Yikes. It's an exclusive on the front page of The Sun. This is a front page story on Britain's biggest selling newspaper that a boy has the mark of the devil. The parents of a boy aged four were horrified when a mark of the devil appeared on his chest. Sharon Lewis and Robbie Jones spotted the crosshair imprint as they got son Samuel ready for bed. The Satan sign baffled their GP. The Satan sign <laughs> baffled their GP, ladies and gentlemen. Sharon, 37, a market drayton in shop, said, It's a nightmare. <laughs> well, can you describe it, what it looks like? It looks like a crossfire. The circle with a cross through it. And that's the mark of the devil. Well, it's the mark of the devil. Or if you go onto Twitter, some people have been tweeting, it's the mark of uh, 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 some certain brands of hair dryers. They <laughs> get really, really hot. You go to page four and five for more. Boyelzebub. Boyelzebub! <laughs> oh, that's the reason they're doing the story. Why is that not on the front page? That's the front page headline. Surely. Must be. A sinister Satan sign that mysteriously appeared on a four-year-old boy is proving a devil to explain. The imprint on Samuel Jones's chest has baffled his parents, doctors and teachers but not holy men. I added that last bit. <coughs> Mum Sharon, Lew- uh, Sharon Lewis and fiancé Robbie Jones discovered the crosshair as they helped him get ready for bed. Shocked Sharon 37 said yesterday, Some people have said it's the symbol of Mammon, the sign of the devil's firstborn, which has been very upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> you will be upset to think that your, your, your son was um, the devil's firstborn. Just looking at it made me shake, thinking something unnatural had visited my boy. She never said these words. <laughs> <laughs> Something or someone made the sign on him, but we just can't explain how. Sharon, an adult care worker, said there was no mark on Samuel when she gave him a bath. The lad dressed himself for school next morning, and the couple spotted the symbol that night. Sharon said, I took off his uniform, and there it was. Two concentric circles with a cross through the middle. I asked Samuel if he'd had a bump at school or fallen over. He said no. He looked at it in the mirror and, like Robbie and myself, could not explain it. What a load of old guff. <laughs> what a load of old guff. Uh, the Sun says, page six. Oh, there's me. a comment. Brilliant. Devil marks. <laughs> OK, fair play. OK. They put it in context. We admit we're baffled by the crosshair mark on poor Samuel Jones. Either he's been secretly branded by aliens or he's the son of Satan. Nothing to worry about anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they narrowed it down to those two options. Well, have you got scoins? Um, 
noisy neighbours. Uh, apparently, well, sorry noisy. To hear that, mate. Well, I've got yes. Anyway, on that. Sorry, I, oh, I said noisy. Maybe it's just my mind. Saying you that. are struggling with um, Ramadan. Yes. And I don't really, I don't really know a lot about Ramadan, but it, it, it can be quite noisy at night time. Well, apparently, Ramadan a ding dong going on next door. It, absolutely, people have uh, they go out in the middle of the night to to mosque and they come back again. Yeah, and um, there's been a lot of banging noise and doors and so yeah, on. And much. it's you know you can't, it's accepted that that happens. Yeah, and yeah, and and, and that's fine. But it's just oh dear, so noisy. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I understand. Of, I can understand your frustration at it. It's, uh, it's yes. a, you know you kind of. There's not much you can do, is there, really? But um, well, well. It, this, I said noisy neighbours. What I meant to say, Ian, was nosy neighbours. Nosy neighbours. And um, apparently Britain's a country of noise, uh, aha, nosy neighbours. Wowzers. I know. I've got it on the brain. Uh, one in 20 admit to being peeping toms. What? One in four saying they've taken a sneaky tour around someone else's house without their knowledge. What? That's essentially breaking and entering. How can you even do that? I would love to. Apparently one in five people in London admitted to having posed as a potential buyer of a house to have a look around... Oh, I've done that. Neighbors. Really? Yeah, I've done that. It was a house we liked and we thought we'd have a look at it. No, no problem there. Well, that's just going to have a look <laughs> at it. Here's the thing. Uh, Richard Barber, stay there. I will come to you in a second. Um, I have moved back to near where I grew up, OK? And I have a couple of times driven past the house I grew up in and lived in until the age of 11. Right. And I've even managed to go around the end of the street and kind of stand on tippy-toe and I can sort of see into my garden, which is tiny. <laughs> Am I allowed to knock on the door and say, hello, I used to live here, can I come and have a look? I reckon if you could convince who do you think the makers of who do you think you are yeah. to oh, to do a show... I couldn't just rock up to Monksfield Way and Slough, knock on the door. I'm not going to give out the number, you suckers. Have you got any mates who've got a like, camera and you could sort of knock on the door with a camera crew and then you could definitely go in legitimately? Richard, what do you reckon? If someone knocked on your door and said, hello, I used to live here, can I have a look around, would you let them? Depends if I'm or not. Oh, flipping it. Richard, where, where, where are you? Because it's a terrible line. Thank you very much. It's an awful line. We can't. We can't put up with it. Barbara. Good morning. Good morning, Barbara. If someone knocked on your door and said, "Hello, I used to live here," would you let them come and have a look around? No. Nope. Not at all. No. What if it's a dashingly good-looking man who's forty-one, looks about thirty-three, and has been on television? What? No, I've been living in my house forty-six years, so I wouldn't. It would be too late anyway, wouldn't it? OK, well, ah, <laughs> well, supposing it was someone who was 60 and they'd moved out when they were 14. They'd have to prove it. How? No, oh, I don't know, something in the garden. Well, bring some old bills round. Something in the garden? Garden. Pardon? Yeah, sorry. Sorry, something in the garden or something they'd remember when I moved in. Oh, do you know what? I've got pictures of me mm. in that house. <laughs> I could take a picture of me in that house. That would be a bit weird. Why? If I lived there and you turned up with a picture of you in my house <laughs> as a child, I'd, I'd think that was a bit strange. I would as well, because I've, ne I've never been in your house. Well, that's true. Barbara, you've not called in about my house, have you? You've called in about poo. I've called in... A, I'm a bit cynical, I'm afraid. I'm a bit old in the tooth, so I, uh, I've heard this before. What? Well, when you spray a field with manure, yeah. you only spray it once and then you turn it in, right? Yeah. So it does, so it goes off. So if that bloke's been spraying since April, what he wants, he's probably been, um, if he's a property developer or somebody like that, he's probably been denied planning permission. Mm. So he's put the stuff on and then it smells and then he can scrape it off when he builds the houses. 
Oh. Reminds me of somebody down in Cornwall, the captain who used to do that. He wanted to build Trego Mills, so he decided... Trego Mills! There's a name I've not heard from. Those who don't know, Trago... Have you, know, you heard of Trago Mills? I don't know Trago Mills. Trago Mills. Uh, I think there are a few of them, aren't there, there now, Barbara? There are three of them, my love. It's... Oh, my love. It's... Um, <laughs> my friend. My friend's from Barnstable. I know it very well. They're, they're the, the, the tackiest um, kind of, like, supermarket. It's not even a supermarket. What, what do you describe it, Barbara? It, it, it's an out-of-town out shopping centre... But it looks uh, like a castle or something, yeah, doesn't it? it? Yeah, it, it's a huge, great place. It's got different shops in it, and a, and a garage with 17 pumping stations. You Did know? you ever see the documentary they filmed in Trago Mills? I know all about it, my love. I used to live down there. Oh, wonderful programme. I know, it's hilarious. And the captain used to say, if I can't do this, I'll do something else. And he used to buy, put pig farms near yeah. the, the council's... Council, yeah. Barbara, listen, I've got to move on. Thank you very much. There's no indication. Should I uh, just... Oh, no, of course, uh, yes, yes. In this instance, legal, there's yes. some sort of, uh, you know, property uh, tycoon. No, no, property. no. But nice little... Uh, uh, Trago Mills, gosh. Mm. Wow, there's a, a blast from the past. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the M25's building up anti-clockwise. Slow now 21 to 20 towards Kings Langley from the M1 and fairly heavy already 18 to 16 Chorleywood down to the M40. But no reported problems on the M40 or the M1. Uh, trains, tra delays even on Greater Anglia into Liverpool Street from Hartford East, Chesington, Enfield Town. There are emergency engineering works of Bethnal Green. That's the cause of those delays. And there are minor delays still on the Bakerloo line into London because of a power failure at Queen's Park. James Worley, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.47, it's Tuesday the 29th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire council has been criticised for leaving laminated notices on graves telling relatives to remove ornaments. A charity says nearly two million young working adults are still living with their parents. In South Buckinghamshire, Broxbourne and Chilton, over a third are still living at home. And householders in Tring say the smell from a nearby field is forcing them to take refuge indoors and it gives them a headache. 08459 455555. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a very different day today. We've got a blue sky and sunshine, perhaps a little bit of cloud, but it is a burning back fairly quickly at the moment. And uh, we should get some lengthy sunny spells. It's going to feel quite warm as well as we head further through the afternoon, looking at a maximum of 26, maybe even 27 Celsius. So some might say hot. Now, we may start to see a little bit of cloud introduced uh, towards the north and west. Uh, it's moving its way down south and eastwards throughout this evening and overnight. Behind it, the air is slightly fresher, so perhaps a slightly more manageable night, slightly more comfortable night. The minimum down to around 13 Celsius. Tomorrow, sunny spells, a bit of cloud around, but a westerly breeze, which means it will be that little bit cooler. Not cold by any stretch of the imagination. We're still getting up to 24 Celsius at 75 degrees in Fahrenheit. And as we head through to the end of the week, things turn slightly more unsettled and we can expect it to turn a little showery as we head through Friday and into the weekend. And that's your forecast. 
Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks. I'm at Bletchley Park today for a very, very important special occasion. For me, being out of the studio is about putting faces to names and bringing to life all that's brilliant about beds, hearts and bucks. If you know the high street here and you've never seen what goes on behind you, you really should because it's like a whole new world. Nick Coffer. I think for my listeners, they get a chance to hear about places they may never have visited. In fact, they may never have heard of. And also, they hear the stories from the people that bring those places to life. That is one of the mysteries of Abbott's Langley Fire Brigade. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks, on BBC Three Counties Radio. OK, we're joined now by Justin Dilly. Good morning, Justin. Good morning, boss. Good morning, Paul Scoynes. Morning, boss. Good morning, Kelly. OK. So here's a local story mm. that both of you slackers missed. What? What? It's in The Sun, the bizarre column. Oh. McDonald's. Mean anything to you guys? Mm, kind of. I mean, Ronald has his moments with me a couple of times a month. I mean, he's insane. He's an insane clown. He is. But to, to be fair, he's not bad in the kitchen. He's not bad. Mm. Okay. Any, lo- any local elements of this story yet, guys? I think the, the headquarters not based somewhere near here. Any interesting local elements of this story, guys? Uh, would you be talking about uh, a certain drive-through, which is not quite big enough? Is it that one? No, mate. Oh. You, you boys have let me down. Come on. <clears throat> Spill the beans. McDonald's has had to apologise after posting a picture from CCTV of Prince Harry in one of their stores. Wow. The Royal was ordering a Big Mac meal, six chicken nuggets, a Coke and a frappe <laughs> at the Milton Keynes Brickhill branch. Wow. Oh. Staffers boasted the store was now by appointment to the Royal family. A McDonald's spokesman said last night, in the excitement, one of our franchisees made an ill-judged decision to post a photo of the prince on his restaurant's Facebook page. It's been deleted. You guys missed the pr- Sorry. The, a, a, a future King of England, he's eighth in line, was having a, a <laughs> Mackey D's near us, you plums. You know, my, my respect for him has now gone up because yeah. you can't just go into McDonald's and have a Big Mac meal. You've got to get something else with it, i.e. some cheesy bites or some chicken nuggets. Yep, yep. Respect to him. Respect. He must have been feeling pretty hungry to go for all of that. And two drinks as well. Yeah, yeah, he was thirsty. Or maybe he was with someone. Yeah, possibly. Well, what are you doing, Just? Oh, I know exactly what you're here for. Yeah, you're here to do a little bit of the old, what I like to call, work. Yes. Moving out of home. Moving out of the family home is sometimes hard to do, he said, seamlessly switching to the script. <laughs> especially, what script? It's all improvised. Especially <laughs> when the average house price is over something like, ooh, let me think, about £172,000, as revealed mm. earlier this week. Mm. Some areas of the three counties are the worst in the country for people living at home with their parents. Some up to the age of 34. Now, I think some of this is down to really expensive house prices and people not being able to get off the uh, onto the property ladder. Some people, though, are just lazy and they like living with mum, don't they? I think it's a bit of both. I mean, I, I have spoken to people in the past who, who love living at home and one day they will have to go and that day is going to be a very sad day for those people. But I think the majority, you know, the, the, the way that the, the property has gone, particularly in, in recent months as well, that they mm. simply cannot mm. afford to get mm. on the property ladder. Mm. So yesterday I was in Dunstable. He's off. He's, well, off. He's, yes, he's, he's, off. he's into it. He's good, look. <laughs> <laughs> he's up. We're gonna, we can go and have a 
smoke outside. Go uh, on. We're, of course, we are off to our new home from yes. January 2015. Looking BBC Three Counties Radio. So I have been talking to people there about uh, how difficult it is to get themselves on the property ladder. Here's what people had to say. Amy, you and your brother both live at home. You're 20. Uh, he's a bit older, 27. Yeah. When do you think you're going to have enough money to, to get on the property ladder, if at all? I don't think at all, to be honest. Maybe five years if I save like everything I earn. Other than that, probably like 10 years if I save. You're looking about 10 years. What about your brother? He's obviously well, a bit older, 27, isn't he? Yeah, he's actually looking with his girlfriend at the minute because uh, they've been dating for ages. But I don't think they'll be able to afford it either, to be honest. They'll be home in a couple of years if they do move out. Now, madam, your son is 25 and he's just, what, moved back in with you again? Yes, yeah, because he, um, he was renting um, and the landlord wanted the house back, but he couldn't afford another deposit. So he's had to move back in with me and he's trying to raise the money now for another deposit so he can move back in with his girlfriend again. So even to, to simply get a deposit to rent somewhere, he can't afford that. So for him no. to actually get his own property and move out properly, can you ever see that happening? He's trying his best, him and his girlfriend, but they've had to split up and move to different houses um, to actually do it. But it's going to be very tough. Well, here with Elaine. Elaine, you're 25 years old, still living at home with your parents. Parents. Very personal questions, but um, have you got a boyfriend? I do. You do. So is this something that you've spoken about? You want to get a property together, but you simply can't afford it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we have. Well, do you think that will ever happen? So it's about 10 years. About 10 years. Yeah, something like that. Mark, you're 27 years old. You're still at home with your parents. Uh, what's your situation? When do you plan to move out? Probably the next three years. About three years to save up, yeah. Probably about, if I could save up £10,000 a year, I'll, I'll be happy with that. Ten thousand pound a year. It's a year, yeah. So you need thirty thousand pounds. Thirty thousand pounds for a deposit. Yeah, but 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 when he's mm. got the thirty thousand pounds, he'll need fifty thousand pounds for a deposit, and Possibly. so it goes. And the thing is, you know, it, well, what what I find very sad about this is that, that the people that have lived and grown up in places like St Albans, like Harpenden, if they want to, to live near their parents in their first property, that simply isn't going to happen. So with those property prices, it's getting further and further away for so many people, and it splits families up. It's, it's, it's not fair for, for so many people now trying to get their first property. Alright, mate, calm down. I'm just saying. Just speak to you later on. Take care, boss. Thank you, boss. Uh, Scorns, what you got? Uh, this is in the mail, Ian, and uh, it's prisoners moaning about the, uh, the the complaints from some of the toughest jails in the UK, and these are some of the uh, complaints that have been published uh, in the paper. I think it was a freedom of information uh, uh, sort of uh, request they put in, and, yep. it, and one of them was, um, I would like to know why our food portion at dinner is very small, as we only seem to be getting a quarter of a baguette. Uh, what? So only get just a quarter of one baguette. Come on, guys, you shouldn't have broken into the old woman's house and then stoved her head in. For the past two weeks, here's another one on D-Wing. On Monday, we have had no parsley sauce with the fish cakes. What? Dis- uh, no parsley sauce for the miners? Despite it being advertised on the menu sheet... And uh, one here, finally. Can something be done to stop pigeons landing on and, and dropping uh, their droppings on my windowsill, please? It could be worse. You could have been that fella that took two hours to die in the United States last week. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Got, got no parsley sauce? Man up! to laugh and when the sun is out I've got something I can laugh 
about I feel good in a special way I'm in love and it's a sunny day Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine We take a walk The sun is shining down Burns my feet as they touch the ground Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Then we lie beneath the shady tree She's looking fine I'm so proud to know that she is mine Good day sunshine 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 And yet you're still here with me. I don't understand. I'm contractually obliged to stay in the studio until seven o'clock. The woman who's, who used to do this with me, who shall remain nameless... Yeah, we can't. N- uh, knew, one good thing about her, she knew when to come and she knew when to go. Is you, that know, a- you don't know when to come or when to go. I'm going to go. Well, OK. Well, no, go then. No, take the headphones off. Unbelievable. Ah, oh, Kells. Hi, Ian. You're right, Princess. How are you, Cherry Blossom? Mm, Scoins oh. is back with you. Is back I'm going to have to close your mics now, sorry. Okay. I'm back. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. Go do me a favour. Uh, whilst you're listening to uh, Simon do the news, go and have a look at the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You'll see a picture of a grave uh, that's got some uh, uh, d- 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 memorabilia around it. Is that the right word? Does it look... What's the, what's the clever question you come up with, Kelly? Memorable or messy? There you go, you see. Very, very simple. Have a look and uh, then give us a call. 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, delays on the A1M now. Southbound, we can see on the speed centre, slow passing Stevenage. It's busy then also on the A1 into London as you approach Mill Hill Circus. Anti-clockwise M25, usual build-up anti-clockwise. 21, the M1 round 20, Kings Langley. And very heavy 18 to 16 towards the M40. And uh, Greater Anglia trains from Harford East and Chesington to Liverpool Street in London. Disruption continues because of emergency works down at Bethnal Green. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. James, thank you very much indeed. So, poo being sprayed on a field, not just animal poo, humans. Soylent Green is humans, I tell you. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, council criticised for leaving warning cards on graves, young working adults still living at home and residents kicking up a stink in Tring. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire council has been criticised for leaving laminated notices on graves telling relatives to remove ornaments. The cards in Sandy Cemetery, laid out by Sandy Town Council, tell people to get rid of the items by the 1st of September or they will be destroyed. Roy Johnson has many relatives in the cemetery and says people should be able to lay whatever they wish on their plot. Just say it's just their feelings, you know, but putting something on here, like, you know. I just feel that they've been penalised. A charity says nearly two million young working adults are still living with their parents. In South Buckinghamshire, Broxbourne and Chilton, over a third are still living at home. More from Danny Bailey. The housing charity Shelter questioned adults between 20 and 34. Nearly half of them said they simply couldn't afford to rent or buy their own property. Across the UK, there are nearly two million young adults still living with their parents. The charity is urging stronger action to help this group to fly the nest. David Cameron says the coalition plans to introduce further restrictions on how long migrants can claim benefits. In an article for the Daily Telegraph, the Prime Minister says many EU nationals will be able to claim for only three months. A woman from Leighton Buzzard who retired to Dorset has been killed in a road accident. 63-year-old Janice Short and a 23-year-old motorcyclist were killed in the accident near Weymouth. More from Gail Sanderson. Mrs Short, who has six grandchildren, worked as a teaching assistant in Bedfordshire until she retired 12 months ago. Police say she was walking across the road with her dog at about five o'clock on Saturday night when they were in collision with the motorbike. Her husband Andrew said his wife Jan was the centre of the family's world and her spirit, love and enthusiasm would be missed every day by her family and friends. Two people have been cut free by firefighters after a car hit a shop front in St Albans Road in Watford in the early hours of this morning. Crews were called at around 3am. Householders in Tring say the smell from a nearby field is forcing them to take refuge indoors and gives them a headache. Decorum Borough Council is investigating. Resident Sharon Maxfield told Ian it's sewage sludge being spread on the field. I had the uh, pollution officer from Decorum Borough Council out yesterday afternoon and he has confirmed it is human waste. Oh, oh, no, no. Yep, yeah, apparently you're allowed to spread human waste as long as it's been treated properly and managed properly. In sport, Milton Keynes Olympic long jump champion Greg Rutherford starts his Commonwealth Games campaign this morning with qualifying at Hampden Park in Glasgow. England won silver last night in the 100 metres with Adam Jamili second to Jamaica's Kamar Bailey Cole. The weather, a cloudy start in places but clearing to leave a warm and sunny day. Maximum temperature 26 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport on Online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. There's a good community spirit. It's quite a big town, so it's not like a little village. It's all about where you live. Wonderful, full of friendly people, real community spirit. And all this week, we're featuring Harpenden. I don't think there's any particular part that I really dislike. Harpenden is a really friendly community and town. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy, busy show this morning. Should people be allowed to put what they want 
on the graves of their loved ones. I was going to say their graves. Well, that would just be um, odd, wouldn't it? If you go to our Facebook page, you'll see a grave uh, that's in... um, uh, where, where is this grave? It's in Sandy in Sand- Bedfordshire. Thank you, yes, it's in Sandy. Sorry, I might slip for a second there. Go and have a little look. The owner of that grave has been told to remove all of the bits and pieces, as have other people. What do you think? If you've got a grave, should you be able to decorate it how you want? Or, or, I'm trying to find the right word, is it disrespectful? To, I, I don't... Mm. Tacky? I don't know. I, I, I can't quite find the right word. I need some help with, uh, on this one from you. Go and have a look. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. We're also talking about a stinking tring. If what we've been told this, this morning is true, oh, it's disgusting. And you can give us a call about whatever you want. You know the rules. Pick up the phone and call 08459... Four double five, five double five. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now, as I just said, some Sandy residents are devastated after being told to remove their quotes trinkets, toys, ornaments, and lighting unquote from the graves of their loved ones and their relatives. Laminated cards were placed on many of the plots by Sandy Town Council, telling people to take the items away by the 1st of September or they will be disposed of. We wanted to talk to Sandy Town Council today, uh, but they've refused to come on the show, which I think is disappointing because, as you heard in the bulletin there with Simon, people are very, very upset. One of those people who's upset is Sandy resident Joy Carroll. She's got relatives buried at the cemetery. And uh, you received a note yourself, didn't you, Joy? Uh, yes, I did. Joy, can, can I ask, who, who do you have buried there? Uh, my mum and dad. OK, so your mum and dad are there. And how long have they been there for? Uh, my dad died in 72, and my mum died in 2005. OK, so so a while then. Yeah. Um, and have you always put mm. bits and pieces on their graves? Always. What kind of things have, have you had there in the past? Um, just little angels, fairies. And of birthdays, Christmas, obviously flowers and wreaths and stuff like that. And the, these angels and fairies, what, what do they look like, Joy? And how big are they? They're just little tiny ones. Right. Okay. And you found a card on your on the Mum. your, your mum's grave. Dad, yeah. And what did it say? The same sort of thing that we have to remove all the items by the first of September, or they're going to dispose of them. When you found this, Joy, how did that make you feel as a person? Well, I was hurt. Angry. Do you think these things... That, well, obviously, you don't think these things that you put on there are, are, are distasteful or distracting at all? No. And you've been doing this for years? Yeah. And you've never had anything like this before? Yeah, this is the third time they've done it. The third time they've done it? Yeah. Ah, when were the other two times? Well, the first time they did it was... um, I can't remember if it's 2006, 2007. Okay. And they they didn't tell anybody. They just went and took things off people's graves. Oh, dear. And we thought somebody had stolen them. So we called the groundsman over and told him, and he said... No, the council told him that he's got to take everything off the graves and get rid of them. So we got him to phone the council and have a word with them 
and we told them, put the stuff back, or we would call the police because they've stolen them off the grave. Uh, and it happened a second time as well, did it? Yeah. You're all right, Joy? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, you want, Can you carry on? Yeah, I'll be fine. OK, listen, if you want to go at any point, just say, OK? Don't worry about, about this nonsense. OK. Um, and they've done it a second time. Yeah, they just put a note on the gate. Once again, get rid of the stuff off the graves or they're going to dispose of them. And what happened that time? Did you remove the stuff or did they remove the stuff? Nobody. We just went just... down the council offices and went and had a word in there. And they, they, they backed down then. We, Have yeah, you spoken to the council down. this time, Joy? Well, um, um, other people, because we went to the cemetery to see that everything was all right. That's when we found these cards. And a lot of other people had gone down to the council offices, but on that particular day they were closed. So obviously people couldn't go down there. I know the second time hundreds of people went to the council offices about what they were doing. We tried to get um, Sandy Town Council on the show this morning. They've refused. I would imagine that they're listening, though, Joy. What would you like to say to them today? Well, don't be so insensitive and disrespectful. People have been doing this for years, putting things on. What, what else can we do? Are there any of the graves, Joy, your, your parents to one side, are there any of the graves that you think, oh, hang on a minute, maybe that is a little bit too much, maybe that is uh, imposing on other people's grief? Or do you think it's all quite tasteful? I think it's quite tasteful. Yeah. I mean, obviously they love the, that family and they just want to put little bits to remember them by. Mm. And I don't think it's out of order. It's not interfering with anybody else. And the only problem with the council is what they're saying is that they can flick off and injure the groundsman. Oh. But when they they go around strimming with this huge industrial strimmer thing, they haven't got the guard on it. So obviously that's unsafe for them themselves anyway. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, we've we've been told it's because the council. Um have the wrong type of strimmer, which is unprotected, so it's, so it's a health and safety issue here. Yeah, but then surely they shouldn't be using it if it's dangerous to the groundsman in any way whatsoever. And I'm a little bit disappointed, Joy, because obviously you're very upset, and we, we, we've heard from a couple of other people in Sophie's package who are very upset. I'm a little bit disappointed that Sandy Town Council have decided not to come on the show this morning and explain to you and to others why they've done that. I, I, I'd imagine you're perhaps a little bit disappointed as well. Oh, well, yeah, but, I mean, how can they? How can they justify what they're trying to do? doesn't make any sense. Joy, listen, I, I know it's been um, uncomfortable, shall we say, but I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your story with us this morning. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Joy, thank you. Joy Carroll. Obviously very, very upset. And her parents died a few years ago but still has a significant impact on her life. Go to the Facebook page, please, dear listener. We've got pictures of um, one of the graves up there. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Let me have a little think. Let me have a, a, a know what you think. Is that a phrase? Probably not. Uh, do you think it's insensitive? Let's read. Uh, we've got all. Oh, we've got a load of comments already. Let's have a little look. Gwyneth says, I'm just going to read these as I see them. Gwyneth says, I would agree it looks a bit untidy on adults' graves, 
but when you go past the children's graveyard, it's lovely to see it all decorated. That's what makes the children's graveyard so distinctive. They are always decorated with things like that. Buster says, insensitive morons. Ian says, jobs worth. Stuff like this pees me off. Thank you, Kelly. Estelle says, OMG, are they serious? What a bunch of uh, twits. Carlene says, how disgusting they can put a note like that. I have toys and other such items on my little one's graves. I would fight it all the way. Robins, I'm, I'm reading these as they are, and I, I've not seen any yet that are in support uh, of the council. Robin says, how about the council move all the flowers and art from their offices and save the taxpayer money? Mark, another Jobsworth council. Sharon, terrible for the council to say this. People get great comfort. Um, Wendy says, OK, Wendy says, it's disrespectful to others that are lying there, but I understand more children are dying now, and flowers don't seem appropriate, but these objects could be seen as sacrilege. That's the only one that's kind of in um, support of the council. What do you think? 08459 555555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, yeah. Done. Morning, Richard. Can you hear me now? Oh, flipping heck. Not really, no. Well, hang on, I'll go hands-free or whatever. No, don't go hands Go hands... Can you hear me now? Yes, I'm... Can you hear me now? Right, go off speakerphone. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll try maybe in another half an hour or so, OK? We'll see, we'll see what happens there. What's his beef with making a decent phone call? I mean, obviously his content is always cack anyway. Boy. Why didn't he pull over? Good question. Yeah. He what? pulled over safely. Yeah. Hands-free. his phone to his ear hole. When are they going to invent a mobile phone that actually makes a decent phone call? Because let's be honest, they don't. I've started using my landline again at home. Yeah, me too. What? Yeah, I know, I've gone retro. Yeah. Is it next to your fax machine and pager? I could never work my, work my fax machine. She pwned me there. She did. She yeah. totally pwned me. Yeah. Fair play. Um, uh, so I've started using my landline, uh, mainly because I only get one bar in my house on my uh, portable telephone, my pocket telephone. <laughs> Sorry? I have um, noticed as well that, you know, you get 4G now. Forget 3G, you've got 4G. All right, Gramps, yeah. Um... I'm not even getting 2G. Wow. I'm not even getting WAP these I, days. I'm going to give you 1G in a minute, right in your face. What's that? Huh? I'm talking about a knuckle sandwich. Oh, OK. Bunch of fives. Right, thanks. Mm. 08459-455. But anyway, yeah, I've started using my um, landline. Because mobile phones are rubbish. They're rubbish. You cannot be heard. It's constant... Hello? Huh? Oh. Huh? Oh, is he gone? Oh, hang on. It's all that all the time. Can I just say, though, that if people do want to call us, they can call us on either a landline or a mobile. Oh, yeah. Not that we're desperate for yeah. calls or anything. No, no, no. We're, we're not. We're... Well, how many calls have we got? Uh, we've got about several. We haven't got any, have we? Stacked up. Yep. No, we've got one. Who? Oh, it's Richard again. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't count. It doesn't count. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Well, the M25 slow moving anti-clockwise from 21 to 20 and then really slow in patches from 18 to 16 Chorleywood to the M4C we can see on camera. Uh, A1M is quite busy southbound passing Stevenage and on the A1 it's busy into London towards Mill Hill Circus. Delays on the A10 into London through Enfield approaching the Southbury Road. On to Greater Anglia trains, delays and disruption from Hartford East and Chesington to Liverpool Street or because of emergency works earlier at Bethnal Green. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. James, thank you. 7.16, it's Tuesday the 29th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire council has been criticised for leaving laminated notices on graves telling relatives to remove ornaments. A charity says nearly two million young working adults are still living with their parents. In South Buckinghamshire, Broxbourne and Chiltern, over a third are still living at home. And householders in Tring say the smell from a nearby field is forcing them to take refuge indoors and it gives them a headache. We'll have more on that in a bit. We've been told this morning that the smell is... that the smell is... human poo. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, if you've missed any of my last 50 years in broadcasting... Hello, good evening and welcome. Caroline South, Tony Blackburn here with you. A few more days isn't going to make much difference. On Friday night, I celebrated my broadcasting milestone with the whole of the country. I can say with my hand on my heart that Tony Blackburn is one of my favourite of all time. And if you didn't hear any of it, or did hear it, and want to hear it again, it's all available online for you. I just love broadcasting, I love radio. 50 years of me being on your radio. Warmest congratulations on your 50th. Well done, keep going, you you must get on to the century. Available until Friday at bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio. One. Just take your anus out of the picture. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, Richard. Good morning, my dear. Hands free, car free, phone free, GMT free, gluten free, parked up. And there you are. Content How free, are talent free, interest free. No, we're talking about me, not you. Richard, we've given <laughs> you a... Th- listen, it's a I'm third... A conser- Hang on, shut oh, up. God. Shut up. It's a shut third... Shut up yourself. You shut up yourself. It's a... Th- no. You, no, you shut up. Zip it. Zip hey, it, hey, Button it, old man. Now, it's... <laughs> <laughs> At least I got there. Yeah, you might, you, might not, you might not see, see another day, mate. Anyway, can yes. I tell you why I rang? Let me set this up. This is the third... Go on, This then. is the third attempt at your phone call, Richard. Aren't you lucky? No. So... It better be good, otherwise you're going to get a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> yeah. You'll get a Kirby kiss. And you're so going to get you're going to get a bunch of fives. You're going to Kirby kiss me, lovely. Yeah, you're so going to get you're going to get. I'm going to hit you. Well, I'll get my mum on. <laughs> yeah, my dad's better than yours. My dad's got a tiger in the loft. Right, oh, has he? <laughs> Do you know, so when I was a boy of about seven or eight, we were down the street, various kids were saying what they had. One kid said, well, my dad's got a tiger in the loft. Oh, blimey, really? <laughs> I think it was you. Anyway, um, listen, the reason I'm phoning up on a serious matter, um, I don't know what's happened to the show. You seem to have lost your edge. Ever since you had that row with old Mohammed and you threw your toys out of the pram. Hang on a minute. Hang I think it was the same... Hang on. They were the same day Same day you had a row with another woman, which was a good old humdinger. I think... Was that Sharon you're talking you about? 
Was that, really? Was that, was that Sharon who I had a row with because her son was a copper? Uh, could have been. Yeah, could have been. you weren't really paying attention, were you, you plum? No, but I just, plum yourself. I just like, you know, we, we, we listen to you instead of LBC because we like a bit of old Alger Father going on. I don't have well, any you think you've lost your edge. What do you mean I've lost? You've lost your, your edge, Now we've dear. got, listen, well, well, I've got no reason to get angry. We've had two councillors on in the last week that have come on and uh, said they'll do something yeah, about stuff. Not oh. No, not councillors. It's, councillors are fair game. It's the punters when... Oh, oh. well, maybe, <laughs> Richard, maybe, Richard, it's the punters, i.e. you, that haven't mm. been delivering the goods because you've all kind of wimped out like the bunch of girls that you are. Chard. Well, I've phoned you up. Yeah, and you've got you, you phoned up with the most boring, tedious, Not rubbish calls. I've well, you just phoned Not up to say, hang on a second, wait, Richard, no, hang on a second. You've just phoned up to say I've lost my edge. And then when I give you the edge, you can't handle it. You can't handle the edge. You you can't handle the edge, Richard. You can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth, Richard. You can't the Richard is your the Richard is the truth that you're a dull call. With me. Thank you. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Joe's in Letchworth. Morning, Joe. Ian, I've been gone for two months, and I come back, and the first thing I hear is two girls fighting on air. He <laughs> 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 listen. He wanted it. He got it. Well, fair how enough, are you enjoying? How are you enjoying the um, show under the leadership of Paul Scoynes? I think, well, it's always been under Paul Scorn, doesn't it? Pretty much. It's always been. He's, he's, it's a, f- he's officially the producer now. It's just the lycra. You know, yep. you put a picture of him on Facebook or Twitter, and yep. I know he likes bike runs, so he's probably been watching the Tour de France. Yeah. But Paul in lycra? I'm mean, not having nightmares, mate. I've made him peel it off. I wish he'd brought oh. a change of clothes with him. I'm, in, I'm implying he's naked. How much talcum powder did you make him use? Yeah, a lot. Do you, can you still get talcum powder? Because when I was a boy, right, and, my, and it was bath night. Do you remember when you used to have bath night on a Sunday? Johnson's baby powder all the way. Yeah, you used there to get, are other brands available. We used to get talcum powder, right? And we don't... No one uses talcum powder anymore. And I used to... I don't even know what talcum powder is for. My mum used to say it was to dry you. Uh, dirt, mum, that's towels. Yeah, it, it, it takes away sort of all the damp spots and clammy spots, doesn't it? So it just okay. stops, you get from getting sores and things. So okay, right. So what? Hang on. What do you want, Joe? Poo. So, well, to g- put the phone down and go. Oh, you mean the the smell, the in Tring? Yeah. Yes. Well, as you know, I, I now live uh, in Norfolk. Oh yeah. I I spend a lot of time down this way, Hearts, Beds, and Butts. Good of for course, you. and I li- listen to it. Well, I've spent the first time listening to it for a while, but yeah. I've been living in Norfolk, mate. There's so there's so much um, muck being spread, and you can smell it. You get a lot of places you go, but what you got to think of, right? They take human waste, okay, yeah, and then they put it through uh, an anaerobic digester. So yeah. basically, put it into a big chamber, siphon off the methane, and they basically the, your, your your leftovers yeah. breaks down in, into what they call a usable content. Well, the thing is, if they're putting that on the fields. <laughs> And that's going into to farm foods. Well, guess what? That's going straight back into the ecosystem and just think of that next time you're eating your salad. Well, like, exactly. I don't want to eat a, a, a lettuce that's had a human poo-poo on it. Right, here, here are, here's, here's one to make you think. Many, many years ago, I used to work at, um, used to work, work as a contractor at Anglian Water, and we used to go in there and offload portaloo content. <laughs> yes, now, offload being the operative term, yes. Yeah, sorry. So excuse the pun. But what, one of the things that we used to get was there were 
because tomato seeds can't be digested, there they go, used yeah. to be thousands of tomato plants everywhere. The, the Skies was telling me, so yeah, these tomato, apparently the sweetest tomatoes are the ones that grow in the sewage. Yes. Did you but, eat them? Uh, no, I could never stomach it because of the smell in the area, but there were some people that did and say, because there was, they were so rich... Yeah. And and so for you know for the vitamin C and other people were, were, t- were taking them home and eating them. Oh, that's disgusting! Disgusting. Want to know what we're talking about? Well, it's a, a stinky smell coming from a field in Tring in Hertfordshire. It's so bad it's forcing some ho- householders to stay indoors and giving them a headache. The Decorum Borough Council says it's investigating and is in talks with Thames Water to determine whether it's sewage sludge that is being spread on the field in the town, although we spoke to one resident who says they've been told it's it's human poo-poo, Justin. Ian, good morning. Wow. I mean, wow. You're, th- uh, you're there, are you? Yes, unfortunately I am. Can you smell it? Yes, it's absolutely horrendous. Isn't that interesting? Because normally when we do smells about stories and you or someone else pops out there, mm. you go, well, it's not that bad. But no. you're saying it's awful, is it? No, it's absolutely... Absolutely horrendous. I've been here for, what, 30 minutes or so. Um, I'm coming back to the studio as quickly as I can. I'm currently on uh, Ignil Green, which is opposite this field. I've been talking to a few of the locals. Here's what they've had to say. Well, Tom, it's um, it's not a pleasant smell at all. Um, you live very close to this field. Can you even have your windows open at the moment? No, I can't at the moment. No, it's an awful smell. Uh, I mean, how long has this been going on for? I believe around Friday, Friday-ish, but um, I've tried to stay away from my home, to be honest. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You just want this sorted out and quickly? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's just a horrible smell. So if you can't leave your windows open, how are you coping? Because at the moment, it's, it's boiling hot. What, have you got a fan or something? I've got a fan, yeah. Yeah, that's about it, really. Wow. Can't even put your washing out. Oh, Keith, um, it's bad enough for me to be here for half an hour this morning, but uh, what's it like living here with the smell? Well, it feels as if somebody's against you all the time. But the, the, the smell is just building up and building up. And it's, it, every time they spread it, it's worse, of course. Well, they've, been, they've been building the muck up here up for about three months. About three months. So the, the smell itself, but when's it at its very worst? It's at its very worst just after they spread it. Probably now, if you were to go to the bottom fence, yeah. you would, it's just overpowering. And it's, it's, a, it's a sickly sweet overpowering smell of manure and that's all it is and your day-to-day life people are saying to me that they can't open their windows they can't put their washing out are you exactly the same yes we're exactly the same yeah i live sort of a quarter of a mile away as the wind blows and uh, you know we get it all the time is it really that bad, Justin, that you're keen to get away as, as quickly as possible? No, absolutely. I mean, wow. as you mentioned at the start there, I've been on various smell stories, yep. and, and nine times out of ten when you get there, it's not particularly bad. Uh, here this morning, live in Tring, I can tell you, I do feel for these locals because the smell is absolutely horrendous. Justin, you're a brave man. Thank you very much uh, indeed. Joined now by Will Dickinson from the National Farmers Union in Hertfordshire. Morning, Will. Good morning. Uh, th- th- we've been told that this might possibly be human waste is that used in farming oh yes it's um i mean it is a, a very useful source of uh, soil nutrition um you know and and at the end of the day what do we want to do with it we can't just pump it out to sea or stick it in landfill so where's it gonna go is it stinkier than uh, horse manure it's got a different smell to horse manure i mean all sorts of animals have all sorts of different smells yeah. and um um, contrary to what some people think, theirs does smell. You know, it's it's a fact of nature. Sadly, do, do, do you do, can you understand why local residents might be upset by the smell if it's that bad? I, I, c- I can I can sympathise with the fact that they 
they might be upset by the smell, certainly, yes. Is there anything that farmers can do to try and minimise their impact on the environment? Well, that's part of, uh, you know, their impact on the environment, part of the fact that we want to reduce the human impact on the environment is why we're using sewage sludge as a fertiliser. But there's also, I mean, the, the part there are protocols laid down, uh, guidance notes that um, suggest to farmers how they might treat the, uh, uh, the, the sludge once it's applied. Obviously, Thames Water or whoever the Water Authority are have um, uh, their set of guidelines to try and make the stuff so that it's as odourless as possible. But obviously, my, from my point of view as a farmer, if I had uh, sludge spread on my land, I would try and incorporate it into the soil as soon as possible, by mm. ploughing or whatever. Uh, someone said earlier on that people, if you live in the countryside, you've just got to put up with stinky smells. Is, 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 do people just have to put up with it? Well, I think I mean, the, the countryside is a very do- a dirty, noisy, smelly place. Um, and I farm right on the edge of Harbindon. And we do quite often get complaints of noise and dust. Um, particularly but uh, <clears throat> you know when we harvest the crops that's how it is if it rains a lot we get a lot of mud splashed up onto the plants when we harvest them there's a lot of dust so it's it is part of nature well i appreciate your time this morning thank you will dickinson from the national farmers union in hertfordshire who else knew they used human waste to fertilize plants i certainly didn't is that naive of me oh eight four five nine four double five five double five Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, usual delays really on the M25. Anti-clockwise is heavy from 21 to 20. Really slow, actually, uh, between the M1 and the A41 now. And slow in patches 18 to 16, Chorleywood to the M40. Clockwise is building up with delays now approaching 25. That's into the roadworks at the Enfield turn-off. M1 appears to be okay. No uh, particular problems on the north and southbound side. A1 busy into London, though, approaching Mill Hill Circus. And usual congestion on the A10 down towards uh, Southbury Road in Enfield. On the trains, and there are still delays on Greater Anglia into Liverpool Street from Harford East and Chesons. There, all, there were emergency engineering works earlier at Bethnal Green, which had been finished, but unfortunately, delays remain. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A Bedfordshire council has been criticised for leaving laminated notices on graves, telling relatives to remove ornaments. The cards in Sandy Cemetery, laid out by Sandy Town Council, tell people to get rid of the items by the 1st of September or they will be destroyed. The charity says nearly two million young working adults are still living with their parents. In South Buckinghamshire, Broxbourne and Chilton, over a third are still living at home. And David Cameron says the coalition plans to introduce further restrictions on how long migrants can claim benefits. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes Olympic long jump champion Greg Rutherford starts his Commonwealth Games campaign this morning with qualifying at Hampden Park in Glasgow. England won silver last night in the 100 metres with Adam Jamili second to Jamaica's Kumar Bailey Cole. I can't believe it. It's, it's something that's great for me. Obviously, I'm always pushing for the gold, but that's my first senior medal and what better place to do it than on home soil. So um, I'm, I've, I've gotten really no words to describe how I'm feeling. And... Hopefully I can keep progressing and use this as a stepping stone to get more established in the senior ranks. 
Milton Keynes' Andrew Bagley won a silver medal with England in the team table tennis final. The Milton Keynes-based badminton team also won silver. And Hemel Hempstead's Max Whitlock is in the England gymnastics team who sit in gold medal position at the halfway stage. The team competition finishes today. In football, the pre-season friendlies continue tonight. Luton are splitting their squad to play two matches at home to Colchester and away to Boreham Wood. The club has apologised to supporters for any inconvenience but say it's vital the entire squad is 100% match fit. Stevenage host Reading, that's a 7.30 kick-off at the Lamex Stadium. Wickham go to Wealdstone and Milton Keynes-Dons go to Cambridge with manager Carl Robinson saying places are still up for grabs in his starting eleven, despite Sunday's win over Nottingham Forest with what looked like his first choice team. It may look like the team's getting taken shape but like some Mark Randall and the people on the fringes and Hitchy and, and Tom and George Bulldog, they're, they're still they're still powerly. Still a lot of minutes still to be played and obviously some of them now will get the 90 minutes on Tuesday away at Cambridge. Mm. It'll be, be, be a different, another team that plays on Tuesday. In cricket, India will resume on 25 for one on day three of the third test at Southampton. That's in reply to England's 569 for seven declared. And in the Minor Counties Championship, Bedfordshire start their second innings, trailing by 53 runs going into the final day of their match at Norfolk. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I like the mushy peas. Well, I'd like to say to uh, Chrissy, who's tweeted me a horrific picture. Shame on you. She's tweeted me a picture, the front page of. Is that today's eye? I'm not sure if we've got the eye. Saturday's. The picture of the butterfly. Disgusting. Thank you, Chrissy. She knows I hate butterflies. I think disgusting. And it's a picture of a, a young girl, a woman, I don't know, with a butterfly on her freaking nose. She's uh, clearly... I've got the picture in front of me here as well, Ian. She's clearly a child and is well, able to deal with it. I'm well, not uh, sure what you're... I think it's shooting. disgusting. I touched a sea urchin. I stroked a sea urchin yesterday and, like, some weird little f- lobster fish thing. It was tiny. They made us... They didn't make us touch it in Legoland. <laughs> Is that what happens? <laughs> that, but it was there, and my boys... One of my boys wanted to touch it. The other one didn't, so I made myself do it. I also let a caterpillar crawl across my hand. Hmm. It was horrible. It's got lots of little legs. I don't like any of those things, man. They're just disgusting. There's a thing on Five Live about how we're losing loads of insects and bugs. Good. I don't care if we lose butterflies. I don't care if we lose bees. Oh, well, they pollinate... Uh, well, so we, we're clever, right? Science will fight... You could, I, I could pollinate plants if I wanted. Do you know how you do it? How do you do it? With a fan. B- really? With a fan. You just get the fan to blow the pollen particles onto the lady plant. And how do you get the pollen particles? From the male plant. What, so you just pick them up and... No, don't be such a plum. They're there. (sighs) 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 Pollination. What, you're going to do that for the whole country? Well, no, you get fans. You get farmers get fans. It's easy to do. We don't need butterflies. Butterflies add nothing to the ecosystem. Uh, the maggots add nothing to the ecosystem. Spiders add nothing to the ecosystem. I don't need to remind you of the old proverb, do I? That, you know, when a butterfly flaps its wings in, is it China? That, you know, the impact that has everywhere. So you take one thing out. What did you call that? What, what a motto? It's in a proverb, isn't it? It's not a proverb. It's not? No, it's a philosophical concept, you plum. What's the difference? Well, exactly. You don't know the difference between proverbs and philosophy? Kells, explain it to him. 
I'm a bit busy, actually. Explain the boy. Stop what you're doing. I'll give you. No, as you're, I'm busy. I'll give you permission. Busy. Explain to him the difference between a proverb and a philosophical principle. Okay. Um, a philosophical principle is um, something that's different to a proverb. In your face, Scott. What? Ah, she pwned you, mate, and that's embarrassing. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's not. Why would it be embarrassing? Scoins wears cufflinks. I wear cufflinks. Every day? No, on shirts that require cufflinks. He's wearing them now. Well, that's a bit weird. Why is that weird? I don't think it's weird. I think it's cute. I yeah. think it's, it's g- 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 uh, cute weird. It's distinguished weird. Yeah, I think it's the kind of thing a murderer might do. Well, do you have We're not doing any murder stories every today. Day. I won't make light of it. Or I've do got, you wear the same cufflinks I've got a few day. different sets, but I, I've I'm got... I'm speaking to Scoins, uh, You were looking at me, mate. No, I wasn't. I was looking at his shiny links. These are my granddad's. Does he not oh. want them back? He's got much use from now. What, he, did, no did he lose his arms? Ow. <clears throat> Sorry, mate, I didn't realise. Coins, going back to our when conversation. Jo- when jokes attack, when jokes bite back. <laughs> <laughs> do you have one for every day? I've got some... Coins. Uh, I could do. Yeah, thanks, Cal. Oh, okay. I've got some really nice ones. What else did you get passed down to you from your granddad? Uh, I've got a tie oh, I really want to join in this a conversation about cufflinks, but just no-one's that interested in it. I've got some really nice cufflinks that my mother-in-law gave me to wear on my wedding. They've got tiny little diamonds in. They're very tasteful. They're quite small and tasteful. They're not as garish as Scoins is. But they wouldn't let me join in their cufflinks conversation. I feel really left out. This is the only time I'm ever going to say this. I miss the lady that used to produce this show. Does it stop from blowing in the wind? Yeah, it does. Basically, that's what it stops. But how often does a tie blow? Guys, I'm going to go and... You carry on. I'm going to look at the front pages of the papers, yeah? What? That's a knife? What's that? It's not a knife. It's a thing that goes in the shirt. Let's have a look at the front pages of the papers. By the way, 08459 555555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Ah, there has been uh, some, uh, th- th- a little bit of support on the Facebook page for the council that has banned knickknacks on um, graves. Um, there's a couple. There's, there's one here that's... Uh, where are they? Oh, Jim says, What's wrong with this place when even deceased children are not safe from these clipboard Nazis? Gosh, there's a term. Uh, but then uh, Michael um, says, I have a grave in the old Bedford Cemetery for my daughter. She only lived for a few hours. This was th- over 30 years ago. They have very similar regular ga- regulations about what you can and can't have on a grave. I comply because it allows the cemetery to be kept tidy. And Rob says, Rob says what I think maybe some of you are thinking, but you're too embarrassed to say, Okay, So these are graves with knickknacks, memorabilia, I I don't quite know what the appropriate term is, on them. Rob says, I think they look tatty and messy. After a few weeks, the colours fade and it looks nasty. Honest? Unfair? All right. (sighs) To a certain extent... I sort of know what Rob means. I sort of... Un- I can understand where he's coming from. I don't necessarily agree. I can understand where he comes, where he's coming from. Go and have a look. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Uh, do you think that, that, that those things that have been left on there... There's a coloured windmill. There are some flowers. There's um, a wooden cross. There's a, a, a couple of... Uh, a, a plastic butterfly, a plastic dragonfly, it looks like. Do you think they're tatty? Do you think they're, they're, they're nasty? Or is it up to the person who, who's got the plot, who owns the plot, what they put on there? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to uh, 
give us uh, a call. There's an odd picture on the front page of The Guardian. Hey, by the way, guys, happy Eid. Hey, Eid Mubarak. Hey, he's the um, President of the United States of America. Oh, come on, guys. Is, is it Eid today? I don't know. I think it was... I, it's one of those festivals which changes date, and they're not quite sure even a few days ahead when it's actually going to be. Wow. Because of the moon. Two young Muslims mark the Eid al-Fitr festival with a ride on the Dodgems in Burgess Park, London. And there's two young Muslims on the Dodgems. Yeah. But you don't see that all that often. Well, it depends if you've got a fairground near. I don't go to fairgrounds. Yeah. Uh, when I went to the... I, I, I try and avoid fairgrounds. When I was 15, I went to a fairground in Slough. And um, I sat next to the wrong girl on the Twister. Oh. And I got the whatever. It's the worst kicking, literal kicking I've ever had in my life. If you've ever been on the floor in a dark field, you and two mates surrounded by five people, and uh, one of them is kicking you in the face whilst wearing a Dr. Martin boot, then you'll have an idea of what happened to me. Oh, that's never happened to me. Oh, flipping it. It was horrible. Oh, gosh. Do you trust the rides at a fairground? Well, there's always the story, isn't there? Whenever you go to a fairground... Oh, yeah, a baby died here once. Did you have that story? A baby died here. A baby died on the rockets at the fairground in Slough. Did it? What? Who's going to let a baby on the rockets? The rockets (laughs) are the ones where it's two aeroplanes and they go around. They're all called dive bombers, maybe they were called. Who's going to let a baby on a dive bomber? That didn't happen. Everyone has got this myth, haven't they? Oh, a baby died on this uh, a few years ago. Really? Do I trust them? No. No, of course not. They're put up on a temporary basis by people who don't look like they know how to put up uh, temporary machinery. Would you uh, let a friend go on them? Oh, yeah, totally. No. A friend I didn't like very much. Oh. Why? Do you want, my, do you want a quid? Uh, uh, do, do you want to borrow a quid? Definitely, mate. You're going to go on the, nose, the dive bombers? I want to go on the dive bombers. I like the ghost train. You don't get ghost trains anymore. <laughs> how do they... Now, how does the ghost train work? Do they have the ghosts in captivity, or do they have to erect the ghost train on a site where people have died in horrible circumstances and the ghosts just would be there anyway? Well, they presumably need... I mean, I, I'm only basing this on, on the films I've seen, but um, presumably they'd need to get some sort of organisation to bring ghosts which have been pre-captured there okay. and okay. released. OK, so now they can't, they can't have uh, animals, but they can keep ghosts. Uh, uh, uh. Probably because of the EU. The Daily Mail. Throw crooked bankers in jail. As Bank of England chief says Lloyd's traders clearly broke the law. Clamour grows. Bank of England Governor Mark Carney has said Lloyd's staff involved in an astonishing scam to defraud taxpayers be guilty of criminal conduct. Paul, how many, you'll know this, how many bankers have gone to prison since the banking scandal of about 2008? Um, I'll tell you the answer, none. Is it none? Probably. I think there's a couple, actually. I think a couple did go. Yeah, no, it's none, probably. None makes my argument sound better. Yeah, no, I'll go with none. Yeah, it was none. And yet, how many people have... have I think it was some. How many people have gone to prison because um, they've been unable to pay their bills, they've been caught stealing food, they've been able to pay their council tax? How many people are in debt because... I'm changing the goalpost slightly. Mm. Because they can't afford um, spare room subsidy, they can't afford to pay their mortgage, they can't afford to pay higher purchases on their car? Well, cool. Loads. Yeah, loads. Thanks. So who wins? The bankers. The bankers always win. The house, if you like. And that's my sixth form uh, argument against banks. Hope you enjoyed it, guys. Not based on fact, but based on passion. 
Joyce is in Leegrave. Morning, Joyce. Good morning. Joyce, what would you like to say? Well, just in the local area, mm. Luton, um, I noticed yesterday on my little walk around I have to visit people, etc. Oh, yeah. Um, has anybody else noticed that their street rubbish bins, the big, nice new ones, you yeah. know what I mean, the heavy ones? Yeah, 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 the big, heavy street rubbish bins, the nice new if, ones. If they're still there or not. Oh. Because I noticed one of ours, call it ours, because they are ours, yeah, really. They are, technically. Yeah. Not legally, but technically, yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, one was missing off Beechwood Road, oh. outside a shop. Yeah. And as I was walking to see my friend who's 101... Gosh! ..on the Marsh Road near Norton Road School, the corner shop, no. Marsh Road... Yeah, no, very, very well, yes. They've also one missing or taken away from the bus stop. Oh. Now, these bins were fixed here, weren't they? They were permanent fixtures. Yeah, yeah. And they've gone! And I rang the council... Oh, yeah. And I said, of course, you can't talk to a person now in our town hall. <clears throat> you have to go through a third party, which I really object to, because you don't know if you're putting it over with the same enthusiasm as what I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm a bit, oh, well, you know, and all that twaddle. Anyway, yes. the thing being, yeah. they said, well, um, perhaps, perhaps, we don't know, but perhaps we look into it. Here's your F number, yeah, but they may, have, they may have wanted some in some other place where it was urgently wanted, and perhaps those bins really weren't used very much. Hang on, they're saying that <laughs> the, the, the bins weren't used there, so they put them somewhere where there's more rubbish. They're, they're suspecting that, but I said, well, what if one of these... Oppos have pinched them for the for the metal in them. Oppos. <laughs> well, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you know what I mean for the contents of yes. the metal. Oh, okay. You yeah. See, we don't know, so I'm waiting. I'm waiting to find out. Oh, no one's going to hang on a minute. No one, oppo or otherwise, I have no idea what that means. I'm not going to investigate any further. <laughs> no, don't worry. No one's going to steal a bin for the metal. It, it'll be low-grade metal in a bin. They're not going to put the good stuff in there. That goes on the uh, the roof of churches. I don't know. I don't know the contents of those, you see. But, I mean, um, they're quite heavy, as you well know. Yeah, obviously. And yeah. why take them from somewhere where they've been used and then put somewhere else... I don't know. Joyce, thank you very much. We'll put, as I said, I said it's an open-door policy. You can come on the show with any old thing you want. Let's put it out there. Has anyone else noticed bins going missing in Luton? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The southbound A1 slow now towards the Black Cab roundabouts. Also delays on the A1M passing Stevenage 8 to 7, usual congestion, and delays also into London on the A1 towards Mill Hill Circus. M4C heavy out of London towards the M25, and the M25 itself will clockwise slow towards the works at Junction 25 Enfield. Anti clockwise, usual delays, really slow from 21 to 20, and then also 18 down to 16, Chorleywood to the M40, we can see on the cameras. Grace Wrangler, back to a good service now from Hartford East and Chesant into Liverpool Street in London. London. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. James, thank you very much. Right, it's 7.46. It's Tuesday the 29th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire council has been criticised for leaving laminated notices on graves telling relatives to remove ornaments. A charity says nearly two million young working adults are still living with their parents. In South Buckinghamshire, Broxbourne and Chiltern, Chiltern over a third are still living at home. And householders in Tring say the smell from a nearby field is forcing them to take refuge indoors and it gives them a headache. 
08459 etc 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 let's get the weather here's Kate Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a different day today. We have plenty of blue sky this morning. A little bit of cloud, but it's working its way eastwards as we speak. Now, throughout the afternoon, it's going to get warmer and warmer. We could be set for temperatures getting up to around 26 or 27 Celsius uh, later on today. Outside at the moment, they're ranging between 13 and 14 Celsius. Now, as we head through the latter part of the afternoon, we may start to see a bit of cloud move in from the north and west, and that's going to continue on its journey south and eastwards overnight. Behind it, some clear clearer skies but also some fresher air so perhaps a cooler night on the card so perhaps more comfortable for many the minimum down to 13 celsius a dry and bright start for wednesday sunny spells but this westerly breeze which develops once that cloud clears overnight means it is going to feel slightly cooler still very warm with a maximum of 24 celsius but that breeze just making things again feel a little more comfortable and that's your forecast Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they start introducing American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, dear, you can give us a call. As we say, I'm sure most of you are fully aware now, it's an, it's an open-door policy on this show. You can give us a call about anything uh, that you fancy. It's serious or frivolous. I don't mind. I'm not that bothered. Now, a survey of young adults in South Buckinghamshire, Broxbourne and Chilton has found that over a third are still living at home with parents. The homeless charity shelter questioned adults aged between 20 and 34 across the country. Nearly half of them said they simply couldn't afford to rent or buy their own property. A bit like this person we spoke to in Dunstable. Amy, you and your brother both live at home. You're 20. Uh, he's a bit older, 27. Yeah. When do you think you're going to have enough money to, to get on the property ladder, if at all? I don't think all to be honest, maybe five years if I save like everything I earn. Other than that, probably like ten years if I save. You're looking about ten years. What about your brother? He's obviously well, a bit older, 27, isn't he? Yeah, he's actually looking with his girlfriend at the minute because uh, they've been dating for ages. But I don't think they'll be able to afford it either, to be honest. They'll be home in a couple of years if they do move out. Well, Adam Terry is public affairs manager at Shelter and joins me now. Morning, Adam. Are you surprised by these figures? Sadly, we're not surprised. I think this is a trend that we've seen growing uh, for years now. It, it, it is still shocking, I think, I think very much. As you say, across the country, nearly 2 million people aged between 20 and 34 are now living with their parents. Uh, and a lot of what we found suggests that nearly half of those uh, are, are doing so because the cost of housing is too high for them to move out. And worryingly, over half say that living with their parents is holding them back from leading an independent life. So it's having a real impact on people. Uh, is it simply because house prices are too high? Or, or is it... A, a, I mean, I've not rented for years and years and years. I've got no idea what the rent market is like. Is that too high as well for people to get out? I think both, unfortunately, are too high. We know that renting is very expensive 
expensive. Uh, it's very difficult for people to, even to start renting it. There's a lot of setup costs involved there. And, of course, we know that deposits are very high um, for people to get on the housing ladder. So any kind of tenure that people are wanting to go into, they're finding it very difficult. And as such, that's why we're seeing so many people still living in childhood bedrooms into their late 20s and even their 30s. This can only get worse, can't it? We're not going to see a decrease in rents. We're not going to see a significant decrease in uh, um, the, the cost of buying houses. Well, there is action that the government can take that could start to alleviate this crisis. I think what we're seeing is the result of decades of successive governments not taking action. And what we really need now is is the government to be bold and take action and build more homes. That's what is really at the heart of this. As a country, we don't have enough homes. That's what's forcing prices up. That's what's causing all these people to still be living in childhood bedrooms. But they would have to build an incredible amount of homes. I don't have the figures, but it would be a a significant amount to have any impact, any real impact on, on the cost of buying a house, wouldn't it? We do need a lot of homes as a country. At the moment, we're building uh, less than half of what we need, but it is possible. And I think what we've done at Shelters, we've looked into this, we found lots of ways that the government can take action. One of them, for instance, they could start um, underwriting loans to small builders, to, to local builders who want to start building but say they're struggling to access finance. That's something that the could, government could do very quickly to start people building and we get momentum then and, and, and start to hit the number that we need to start bringing prices down and make housing more affordable for people across the country. Help to buy is um, helping in the short term, isn't it? I think what we're worried about with help to buy, so this is a scheme where the government lends money to people uh, or underwrites money to people to help them take out much bigger mortgages. What we're worried about that that's actually doing, it's actually pumping up prices uh, because it's, it's, it's putting cheap credit into the market. Um, and we're quite, we're quite worried. People taking on 95% mortgages, that's, a, that's a, a very high rate of repayment that they have to make every month. Much better to put that, that money to use by lending to builders, get them building homes and bring down the cost of housing overall. If this carries on, uh, Adam, where do you think we'll be in 10, 15 years' time? Well, worryingly, from projections that we've looked at ourselves, we think if, if, if nothing happens, we carry on the course that we're on now. We're looking at half of all people under, age, under the age of 35 living in childhood bedrooms by 2040. And um, We already know <clears throat> from Shelter's work we help a lot of people across the country. We know what the sharp end of the housing crisis looks like. It's overcrowded homes. It's people, having, it's people losing the roofs over their head people living in very very bad conditions that's only going to get worse and this affordability problem young people trapped living in childhood bedrooms into their 30s that's only going to increase as well uh, adam uh, no doubt we'll be talking about this at some point in the future thank you adam terry public affairs manager at shelter call 08459 455 555 bbc right. three counties radio so mentioned childhood homes there, and I was talking about this earlier on. I, I, I live now about six miles away from the home on the Britwell Estate in Slough, ah, where I grew up, and I moved out at the age of 11 years old, and I drove, I drove past it. I walked, I, I parked up the end of the street and, and uh, had a little walk around. Man alive, it's tiny. Um, and uh, I had a little look. I could see into the back garden. If I stood in a weird place and stood on tippy-toe, I could see a few houses down and see in the back garden. Is it acceptable? And I'm, I'm genuinely tempted to do this. I, I nearly put a note through the door. There was a, a van parked outside one evening that had a phone number on it, and I took the phone number, and I didn't call it. Would it be acceptable for me and my sister to turn up one day, knock on the door, say, hello, we used to live here, here's a picture of us from the 70s, can we come in and have a look around? Would you let... If someone did that to you, would you let them in? My house is... um, that I'm in now is probably only about 30 years old, so uh, someone could knock on the door, I suppose. Colin! 
Good morning. Yes. If someone knocked on your door, right? Yeah. Hello. And said, I used to live in this house. Can I come and have a look around? Would you let them in? I probably would. Yeah, I th- I think I probably would. Quite sweet, isn't it? It yeah. is quite... But supposing they're, I don't know, a murderer, a rapist or burglar? Well... An M&R or a B. They could be, couldn't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but... Oh, I don't know. It's one of those things, isn't it? So, but, uh, well, would it depend on what they look like? Supposing it was a sweet... Probably yo- not. Really? So it's a sweet young woman... In her 50s, she's only five foot four, she's wee. And she knocks on the door, oh, excuse me, I used to live in this house, could I come and have a look, please? A wee little look? Yeah, I think I probably would. Yeah, she's got a Scottish accent, mate. So? So, when was she living in your house? And when was your house in Scotland, Colin? You're not asking the obvious questions, mate. Oh. Boom. She M's, she R's, or she B's you. Immediately. All right. It's a big fella comes in. Big fella, about six foot three. He's uh, he's topless. He's got tattoos on. All right, all right, mate. I used to live here. Oh, I'll come have a look out. Well, I suppose you... Would you let him in? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Would you Probably. let him in? He stood at your doorstep. Would you let him in? Probably. That's the correct answer, yeah. You should let him in. He sounds like a nice fella. Anyway, yeah. Why I've rung you? Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, that. By the way, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. And I can't believe more people don't do this. I can't believe more people don't do this. It's terrible, isn't it? The, what? Not ringing. No, not not no, not ringing in. Oh, for goodness sakes. No, not the ringing in thing. I'm talking about more people don't knock on their old... Oh, sorry. Why do we not get knocks on our doors at least four times a year from people who claim to have lived in our house when they were younger? Well, I don't know. Maybe people aren't that interested. Oh, come on, man. Everyone's interested in nostalgia. The whole world is fuelled no, by the thing. Not not so much nowadays. People <laughs> of our generation, Hang yes. on. Nostalgia... We're we're no, people aren't interested so much in nostalgia these days. Mm. There's a sentence, Colin. One day you'll understand how beautifully constructed that is. Oscar Wilde himself would be all proud. All right, all right, all right. What you got for us? Right. An oppo... Yes. Definition is short for an operative. Uh, do you think? Pardon? Do you think? I think. Yes. And how do you know that? Because I've heard it before. Um. Many times. Mm, and now I haven't Googled it. I'm, I'm, I'm Googling it. <laughs> I know you are. Yeah. <clears throat> I can hear you furiously typing away on your, uh, Computer. computer. My, my computer keyboard, yes. Mm. Um, colleague or friend is, is the closest we've got, yes. So it's not... I, I was worried that it was a little bit racist. You're saying it's not? No. Oh, mate, I used to live in your house. Can't come round. Don't worry about the knife I got. Don't worry about the knife. Can I come and look at your house I used to live in? Uh, I've got another little one for you. Let me come look in your house. I've got a knife. Would you let that person in? Yes. You're nuts. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lays on the A1 in both directions towards the Black Cat roundabout we can see on the speed sensors. That's into the roadworks, of course. Usual delay southbound passing Stevenage, 8 to 7. And the M25 anti-clockwise, uh, really quite slow in patches from 21 all the way down to the M40. The worst, I would say, is 21 to 20. And then also 18 to 16, Shorleywood down to the M40. M40 away from London up to the M25 is already very heavy. And if you're heading onto the trains, uh, generally a good service on Greater Anglia now from Chesnance and Hartford East. Uh, although a reduced service on East Midlands trains up between Corbyn Kettering because of strike action. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Hey guys, hey, thank you James. One of the things I've always, always wanted and I've never been able to get, uh, even before I worked here, is a picture of Justin Dealey holding his nose. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Guys, sing hosannas! Christmas just don't come early! It's on Facebook! Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. If you click on there... You'll see the J-Dog holding his nose aloft. What a mu... Oh, there he is! Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines council criticised for leaving warning notes on graves, young working adults still living at home and residents kicking up a stink in Tring. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire council has been criticised for leaving laminated notices on graves telling relatives to remove ornaments. The cards in Sandy Cemetery laid out by Sandy Town Council tell people to get rid of the items by the 1st of September or they'll be destroyed. Melanie Carter found the note on her son's grave last week and says the council's attitude has been appalling. I found the sign put on my son's grave which I thought was a bit disgusting and a bit unfair you know because I think they should have posted it or let us know in a different way not putting them on the graveyard. If it's kept neat and tidy I can't see what arms in it. It costs a lot of money to buy the plot so at the end of the day we should be able to put what we like on them. The homeless charity Shelter says nearly 2 million working adults between the ages of 20 and 34 are still living with their parents. In South Buckinghamshire, Broxbourne and Chilton, their study found over a third are still living at home. Shelter's Adam Terry says more houses are needed. At the moment we build less than half of the amount that we need every year and that means that there simply aren't enough and those that are are incredibly expensive to buy, incredibly expensive to rent and that's what's trapping people and causing them to get stuck here living with their parents until well into their 20s and 30s. So it does need real action from the government to build more homes bring the housing costs down and help this generation to lead independent lives. David Cameron says the coalition plans to introduce further restrictions on how long migrants can claim benefits. In an article for the Daily Telegraph, the Prime Minister says EU nationals will be able to claim for only three months unless they show they have very clear job prospects. A woman from Leighton Buzzard who retired to Dorset has been killed in a road accident. 63-year-old Janice Short and a 23-year-old motorcyclist were killed in the accident near Weymouth as Gail Sanderson reports. Mrs Short, who has six grandchildren, worked as a teaching assistant in Bedfordshire until she retired 12 months ago. Police say she was walking across the road with her dog at about five o'clock on Saturday night when they were in collision with the motorbike. Her husband Andrew said his wife Jan was the centre of the family's world and her spirit, love and enthusiasm would be missed every day by her family and friends. Two people have been cut free by firefighters after a car hit a shop front 
in St Albans Road in Watford in the early hours of this morning. Crews were called just after 1.30. The ambulance service say both people suffered slight injuries. Householders in Tring say the smell from a nearby field is forcing them to take refuge indoors and gives them a headache. Decorum Borough Council is investigating. Resident Sharon Maxfield told Ian it's sewage sludge being spread on the field. I had the uh, pollution officer from Decorum Borough Council out yesterday afternoon and he has confirmed it is human waste. Oh, oh, no, no. Yep, yeah, apparently you're allowed to spread human waste as long as it's been treated properly and managed properly. In sport, Milton Keynes Olympic long jump champion Greg Rutherford starts his Commonwealth Games campaign this morning with qualifying at Hampden Park in Glasgow. The weather, a cloudy start in places but clearing to leave a warm and sunny day. Maximum temperature 26 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Everybody would dream to live here. Set in the countryside of North Hertfordshire. And all this week we're featuring Harpenden. Young and old do integrate in Harpenden. It's all about where you live. There are parks, nice walks around here. It's not a tiny village, it's not a huge town. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. And I don't like it very much. Oh, no, oh, no. He swallowed my toe, he swallowed my toe. Oh, gee, oh, gee. He's up to my knee, he's up to my knee. He's reached my middle, he's reached my middle. Oh, heck, oh, heck. He's up to my neck, he's up to my neck. Oh, dread, oh, dread, he's swallowed by... (laughs) (laughs) Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. So, putting bits and pieces on graves. Plastic flowers, windmills. Crosses. Things like that. Those plastic candles that stare light, they're powered by a battery. Inappropriate? Or a nice way to remember people? The tide is turning ever so slightly on uh, Facebook. Some people kind of saying, actually, I think it looks a little bit tatty, tatty and tacky. What do you think? 459 455 555 The spreading of human poo-poo on your food. No, not on your toast in the morning, but on the wheat that ultimately makes the toast. I didn't know this happened. Yet does. It does. And also, if someone turned up at your doorstep and said, hello, I used to live here 30 years ago. Ha! Can I come and have a look around? Would you let them in? I'm so tempted to go and knock on my old door in Monksfield Way on the Britwell Estate in Slough and say that very, very thing. And if you've ever been in the home that you lived in 30-odd years ago, what was it like? Was it weird? 08459 455 555. 08459 455 555. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555. We're talking about this uh, uh, this graveyard where... Uh, well, notes have been left on there by the council. The notes say, we are sorry, but trinkets, toys, ornaments and lighting are not permitted on the graves in this cemetery. Pr- please remove them immediately. That's the laminated message that people visiting Sandy Cemetery found on the graves of their loved ones over the past week. Well, we sent our reporter Sophie Solaria down there to meet Melanie and Roy, two people who've been left very distressed by the message. I just feel that they've been penalised. They've come up and put all these cards like this. I just feel that they've been penalised. Roy, who lays here? Um, because of Michael. <laughs> So this is your cousin Michael? His sister Anne. And his sister Anne. Both of which still have those laminates on them telling you to remove the ornaments. Anne, she has a small ornament on it that says mother with a little bear sitting on top and a tiny little watering can with flowers. And then Michael there, he has another watering can with a robin on. I must admit, they're not offensive. No. No. No, they're not. No. And it's surprising to see that some of the gravestones have absolutely nothing on them aside from just the gravestone and they've still got a laminate yeah. that says remove yeah. your ornaments. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them are only got wooden crosses, crosses. with a sort yeah. of laminated no, you don't, yeah. 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 What do you want to see the council do? Well, it's either remove, remove them or apologise to the people what read it was I think they've got to redo their plans. Plane. I think they've yeah. got to re-look at it so some people can put things on. If it's kept neat and tidy, I can't see what arms in it. Why is it important for you to be able to put what you want on your family's gravestones? Well, it just eases their feelings, you know, but putting something on here, like, you know. costs a lot of money to buy the plot, so at the end of the day, we should be able to put what we like on them. I'll get to some of the comments uh, on Facebook in a minute, because uh, in the first hour, they were all very much in defence of the people putting these bits and pieces on, on the graves. It's changed slightly. We'll go to those in a second. First of all, let's speak to uh, Trixie Smith, who lives in Sandy. Morning, Trixie. Morning. Trixie, why is this graveyard so important to you? Well, because personally, I think the the graveyard actually looks beautiful, so I don't know why they want things removed off it. Nothing there is offensive. And it's important to have little bits of personal things that that you've shared with your mother over the years or, you know, any of your relatives. And they're little things that... Sort of seems to make you feel like you're closer, even though they're not around anymore. And is it your mum that's buried there, Trixie? I've got quite a lot of relatives buried there. Have you? Oh yeah. gosh! So, so it's, this is a particularly significant place for yeah. you then. Yeah. Lots of family members. Have you got any trinkets on any of their graves? Um, only no. On my mother's, we've just got a, um, flowers and um, a plaque. But I did have quite a few bits of piece on there. But over the years, every time they kit saying take stuff off, mm-hmm. we've actually applied. Well, we took the stuff off. Yeah. But no, now I'm going to put it back. The whole lot, lights and everything. I don't care. You're going to put it back because they've put this sign on. Yeah. So in 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 strict defiance of of their uh, instructions. Yeah. Why? Why? Well, because. I think their excuse is that the things come off of the fly off. They don't fly off at all, any of the ornaments. What happens is they're guys that do the strimming. I've been up there several times, and each time they do not have a guard on the strimmer. 
Right. So the streamer has actually got a big long wire that comes out, ah. just knocking stuff off. Can I read you some of the comments on Facebook? Now, the majority of them, Trixie, are in support mm. yeah. of, of, of the people. Um, let me read a couple of those. Um, uh, let me just have a little look. Hang on a second. Give me the address of Sandy Council. Who do they think they are? Idiots. Can we get the council removed? Um, uh, another Jobsworth Council. It's about time they worry. Sort the roads, housing out, rather than worrying about graves. And that's the majority of them. But there are a few. Tarquin says... Um, I live next to a churchyard that has been a bit neglected. There are loads of faded plastic flowers and broken vases or worn-out solar lights. It's not a tribute to your family member to leave this sort of tough on the, stuff on the grave. Um, this problem, the problem is that eventually the grave is neglected and all the tat is left to rot. That makes it even more of an eyesight. It's not a fitting tribute or memorial to your family. Um, and there was one more that... Uh... Well, there's a couple like that. What would you say to those people? I would say they're idiots. They, you know, it's up to people, like the people in Sandy. If anyone's been to the cemetery here, they will see it's kept beautifully. Yeah. And there's even graves there that from 1800 that still have flowers that people are putting on. You know, so people would, do care and they do carry on putting flowers on. Are, are, are people being told they have to take the flowers off as well? No, but... Ori- they, the, it's the, trinkets, ori- toys, ornaments oh, yeah. and lighting, isn't it? Yeah. I'm just reading the sign now. But they did originally remove everything, even mm. the flowers. Right. Because we went and got them back. There are some people, Trixie, who, who might think on... Uh, uh, who might think that having plastic windmills and little toys and things like that does look a little bit... Um, um, I'm trying to find a word that's insensitive and I can't. Looks a little bit naff. Well... All I can say is those people that think that are pretty naff themselves. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> people put things like that on because it's a part of them that wants to be close to the person that's there. Mm. You know, they ju- I mean, we had little bits of trinkets things, but I put them inside a pot so they couldn't get fallen off a stone or anything. Yeah. You know, so, you know, if the council rewarded things, they're like, you know, if you want to have things like that, can they secure them? Now, the flowers I've got on there, they're silk ones. Most people put silk flowers on, not plastic. They're silk and they look beautiful. And I've put them in a pot and I've cemented them in so that they can't get blown off and they can't get knocked off because they're quite heavy. You know, so if they said, like, people did things like that, put them in the trinkets in a pot, you know, like fairies on sticks and things or windmills, in a pot with cemented in, fine. You know, then they're not going to blow off anywhere and they've got no excuse. Mm. But I think they should just shut their mouth and... Just get on with some proper work. Sandy Town Council, have, uh, we've asked them to come on the show and they've refused. I'm sure they're listening, Trixie. What would you like to say to them? Get a life. Get something to do. And sit there thinking in your office, who can we really naff off today? You know, it's just so stupid. It's just, they don't seem to have any idea what they're doing at all. I think it's just get rid of a lot of them. Have, have they naffed you off, Trixie? I, I'm fuming. Mm, I can tell. I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you very much. That's Trixie Smith there, who uh, is fuming, as you can tell.
Go and have a look at the pictures on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Uh, what do you reckon? Um, um, there's a really long post here. I, I'm, Kelly, I'm going to sub this down a little bit. Kelly's posted, My son who passed away suddenly, age two, is in a cemetery that allows parents to grieve how they feel they want to. Some parents don't put anything on their child's grave. Equally, there are parents such as myself who choose to place things that remind them of their child. Um, I still feel that my son has his toys to play with and familiar items, and that comforts me even five years on. My son's grave is regularly maintained by our family, who is devoted to our son. Um, I'm very glad I chose the cemetery I did, even though it takes me 45 minutes to drive there, as I think if I went to visit him and found this note, it would finish me. It, it, it's longer. You can read the full post uh, on there, but I've had to sub it down for time reasons. But when you hear something like that, does it make you think? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a quarter past eight. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Ian. Well, no reported accidents or incidents across the three counties this morning. Keeping an eye on the uh, A1, though, and usual congestion approaching Black Cat, especially southbound on the A1 into the roadworks. Delays, as usual, passing Stevenage, A1M, uh, 8 to 7, slow moving, and the road delays on the A1 into London, approaching Mill Hill Circus. Anti-clockwise M25, slow from the M1 round to the M40, particularly uh, from Junction 17 down to 16 on the cameras and sensors. The M1, though, appears to be OK. Can't see any problems on the cameras. Uh, looking good. If you're heading onto the A40 into London, and as for trains, East Midlands trains between Corby and Kettering reduced service today because of strike action. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you very much. Eight sixteen. It's Tuesday, the 29th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire council has been criticised for leaving laminated notices on graves, telling relatives to remove ornaments. David Cameron says the coalition plans to introduce further restrictions on how long migrants can claim benefits. And householders in Tring say the smell from a nearby field is forcing them to take refuge indoors and gives them a headache. BBC Three Counties Radio. Glasgow, 2014. And now it's game on then, the final half length in the pool here at Glasgow. The bar on the shoulders, it's up, she's there, another huge grin. A massive shot, oh my goodness, that is absolutely brilliant. Get all the action today, including the men's 110 metre hurdles final, tonight from eight. Can they hold on? Yes they can, they've got it, they've done it, it is double gold. The Commonwealth Games, online, on TV and on BBC (laughs) Radio. Oh, God, we oh, got sorry. To, no, no, my, my <laughs> fault. It's clearing my throat. I opened little. the microphones a little bit too early. I didn't give you the professional warning I should have done. Well, shall I level with you? Someone's left a, uh, a couple of baguettes in the kitchen upstairs. They have, haven't they? That's weird. I was feeling ever so hungry this oh, morning. Oh, no. So I just ate a bit. Oh, um, it's very stale. Very, I know, I, I jokingly offered some of that to uh, producer Paul Scoynes earlier on. Yeah. And it's, it was rock hard. <clears throat> yeah, it really was. I've just eaten a bit. I've got, I think I might have got a few uh, shards stuck in my throat. Gosh, particles. Mm. Oh, dearie me. Well, that's going to be... Like shrapnel. Oh, dear. Well, it was hard. Well, why did you, why did you put the, the hard one in your mouth? Why would you do that? Well, because I was hungry. I just, and I saw it and I thought... Oh, I fancy a I nice. fancy some stale <clears throat> bread. Yeah, it had poppy seeds on the top as well. My favourite. No, I don't like don't like poppy seeds. Really? Don't like poppy seeds on bread, and I don't like almonds on anything. Have you now? Have you tried something? I'll let you into a little secret. Oh yeah, go on. 
This is something they do with almonds in Argentina. Oh. Best almonds in the world. Yeah. What you do is you get your almonds. Yes. And put them on a baking tray. Almonds, Put yes. the Put them in the oven yeah. for 10, 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Cook yeah. them up nicely. Yeah. yeah. Then take them out, put them in a Tupperware pot, and put oh. them in the freezer. Oh. They are the nicest almonds you will have ever eaten in your life. I don't think so. I don't know what's happened when you when you cook them completely yeah. changes the flavour. Yeah, and then when you put them then in the freezer, it intensifies that flavour. Well, They're amazing. I don't like almonds, but you haven't tried these almonds. You've tried normal almonds. Well, do they taste of almonds? They d- no, they taste different. Or do they taste of? They taste different almonds. But so they still have they still have the essence of almond. No, 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 they don't have that essency taste. Well, do they I have any? Do they ha- do they bear any resemblance to almonds? They taste more nutty. More like a nut. Could you bring me one in? Just one. Oh, yes, I've got some in the freezer. Okay, bring me one in tomorrow. Because I hate almonds because they make marzipan with almonds. Yes, but when you cook them, they don't have that marzipan taste anymore. They're delicious. Mm. With a nice cold beer sitting out. You take them out of the freezer, put them in a nice little dish, sit in the garden with a cold beer, drink a beer and eat your cold almonds. Do they taste like pistachios? I like pistachios. They're a little more like pistachios, actually. Bring me one of your nuts in tomorrow and I'll have a chomp on it. Okay. Yeah. No problem. I mean, okay. You, you might, mm. you might uh, turn me the other way. This is interesting. But seriously, I had them for the first time this, this year. Yeah. And I tried them and I was I said, this is delicious. Yeah. I've never had such gorgeous almonds in my life. Bring me one tomorrow. She told me how she did them. Yeah. Job done. Beautiful. We'll have some of that. What's on your show this morning? Almonds? No, we're not going to talk about almonds, actually. We, we debated it, but no. OK, you, OK. Coming up at nine this morning on the big phone-in, is three months long enough for immigrants to find a job? Oh. It's uh, today's big story nationally. The government is to cut the amount of time immigrants from Europe can claim benefits before getting a job from six to just three months. Mm. Uh, David Cameron has said the UK benefit system has a magnetic pull for people from abroad and something must be done. In a column for the Daily Telegraph, the Prime Minister has said that the immigration policy should put Britain first. But the latest analysis from the Migration Advisory Policy, which advises ministers, shows that the impact of low-skilled people coming to this country has virtually no effect on the overall employment rate of UK-born workers. So is this clampdown necessary, I ask? From nine this morning, is three months long enough for immigrants to find a job? Call me on 08459 455 555. Uh, particularly if you have moved to this country from elsewhere, how long did it take you to find a job? Three months? Would that be enough time? Or did it take longer? And is it fair to only give people this kind of benefit for three months? 08459 455 555. Now? Yeah, yeah, now. Thank you. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, here's the thing. I don't... I I now live about six miles away from where I grew up, between the age of zero and eleven. Small little council house on the Britwell Estate in Slough in Berkshire. Uh, A few months ago, um, I drove... I went and I parked up in the street, had a little walk past, had a little look at the front door. I, I, I... Toyed with the idea of knocking on it. I didn't. I walked around to the shops. I, I walked around the sort of routes that I used to cycle on when I was eight, nine, ten. And I'm wondering, <clears throat> can I? And I'd probably take my sister. So it'd look better if you got a woman. Can I turn up at the, the house where I used to live, knock on the door, and say, "Hello, I used to live here. Can I come in? Have a little look around. I want to see my bedroom. I want to see the garden. Can I do that? Have you ever done it? 
Would you? 08459 455 555. David's in Hamill. Morning, David. Good morning, Ian. Have you ever done this? I haven't done it, but it was done to me. Oh, really? Yes. We, the house we bought 40 years ago, the lady and gentleman in our family emigrated to Canada. Yeah. So we've stayed here. Our family's grown up. We have our grandchildren here now. And two years ago, there was a knock on my front door, and yeah. I went to it. And there's a lady standing there, and I thought, I recognise you, but I couldn't remember her name. Yeah. And she said, do you remember me? I said, her face is familiar. She said, I used to live here 40 years ago, and it all clicked. And you bought the house off her? Yes, and she emigrated. And you, you recognised her 40 years later? I wouldn't recognise yes, the woman that I bought the house from two years ago. Yes, she was a very distinguished lady, let me put it that way. OK. Yes, so she was 40 years older. Wow. Yes. And she, and she wanted to have a, have a little look around, did yeah, she? Yeah, she brought her sister over with her. How funny. David, I think those visiting relatives in this country, and they've done a flying visit, and she stood there, and I said, would you like to come in? Yes, she said. So she'd come in. She had a very quick look around, because she was on the time scale. Yeah. And uh, she, she said, oh, because we showed her the gardens and that, and she said, oh, it's beautiful. And she said, uh, oh, we knew we, you built your conservatory. I said, how did you know that? She said we went on Google Earth. Oh, oh. I said, oh, so I thought this is spooky. Google Earth. <laughs> anyway, she said, would you like to sell it? I said, no. <laughs> she wanted to buy it back. Well, whether she was jesting, I don't know. I said, you couldn't afford it now. What so we pay for she it. Was an, she was an older lady and you recognised her. So I guess but both no, of those she, things she, make but, a difference. I think she was about my age. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. So both of those things would make a difference, though. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a bloke in his early 40s. Yes, the, it was a lady, yes. Yeah. That she, was, was, she was a professional lady. She, yeah. she, was, she was a nurse, and I how, think... How uh, funny. Was, yeah. And did, did, she, did she... Was it emotional for her? Did she, was there any kind of connection with the, for her? Yes. She, she really liked the house. I think what it was, because she lived in this country, she had her family here. Yeah. And that was a, a strong bond. I was, it's like the first house we bought. I still think of that as my home, where we had her children... And it's strange, I mean, going back 40 years, I still look on my first house as my home. Yeah. Although I've been here 40-odd years. Isn't that, yeah, not funny. David, listen, that's fascinating. Thank you. The difference being there, it was a woman, and he remembered selling the house to her, uh, from her, buying the house from her. If I turned up, Google Earth, though, I'm going to have a little look at my tiny back garden on Google Earth. If I turned up, some bloke. If I turn up in a suit, they'll think I'm, I don't know, Jehovah's or something. If I turn up looking like I'm looking now, they'll think I'm a homeless. I don't, mm. Peter's in Harpenden. Morning, Peter. Morning, Ian. Peter, what have you got for us? So, I was just calling up in regard to the uh, two million working adults still living at home. Oh, yeah, this is a, 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 a big story. That uh, Yeah, moving out of the family home, hard to do. Uh, some of the, 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 yes, there are parts in the three counties uh, that some of the worst in the country for people living at home with their parents up to the age of 34. Yeah, so What's was, your story? Yeah, so I was just going to say, there are alternatives out there, because um, I moved out, I'm uh, 22, I moved out maybe a month and a half ago, um, and uh, I now live in Harpenden House Hotel, which is uh, just off the high street. Harpenden House Hotel, what's that? So it's, uh, it's a hotel that's uh, uh, it's actually recently gone out of business, and, um, and yeah, they're, they're uh, renting out rooms while they sort of... Sort out planning permission. I think they're going to build uh, flats. But, uh, oh, so you're living in an abandoned hotel? Yeah, but 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 it is legal. I <laughs> I am paying. It's uh, s- subsidised rents because it's uh, 
It is a little bit bashed around. Okay, so well, that's how, that sounds kind of cool. So, you, so you, 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 you're, you've made the conscious effort not to live at home. What happens, Peter, when um, th- this does get turned into apartments or something? What do you do then? Yeah, so the, 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 the company I, I rent to has a, a, a quite a big selection of old, old hotels or old schools or basically places that have gone out of business and they're boarded up. They approach these companies and... Um, uh, and have temporary accommodation, but up to a year, two years. So uh, I guess I'll find somewhere else. Can I ask how much rent you're paying? Yeah, it's it's a uh, hundred pounds a week, and that's all bills included. See, I, I, it's so long since I've rented. That sounds all right. That sounds good, doesn't it? It's it's very, it's, it's a third of market value. Wow, definitely. definitely. Um, and 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 I think I'm able to save a bit of money, and hopefully. Hopefully, long term, I can uh, I can buy a place. But uh, is that the pl- why is buying a place so important to you, Peter? Uh, I think I think it's just good to just put your foot down and say this is mine. This yeah, isn't, this isn't Mister Whoever down the road. Peter, I listen. I appreciate your call. Thank you. I'd never heard of that before. You can rent out old um, rooms in old schools and abandoned hotels. That sounds a little bit spooky, but quite cool. It's weird that we have this culture, though, of, of wanting to buy houses in this country. It, it, it's um, we. I, I want. I want to own a property. Why? It's the old Englishman is its castle kind of thing, isn't it? Englishman is its castle. His castle. Its castle. An Englishman is his castle. An Englishman has a castle. Every Englishman should have a castle that they can call home, sweet home. I think is the saying. Is that right, Kells? Yep. Just say it back to me. Every Englishman has a castle that he should call home sweet home. Yeah, is that she... right, Kells? Say it back to me. <laughs> Go on, then. No, I'm, you've got to say it. You're Kells. Oh, yeah. Every Englishman has a castle that he should call home sweet home. Is that right, Kells? Say it back to me. Every Englishman <laughs> has a castle that he should call home sweet home. Is that right, Kels? Say it back to me. Every Englishman has a castle that he should call home sweet home. Is that right, Kels? Say it back to me. Every Englishman has a castle that he should call home sweet home. Is that right, Kels? Say it back to me. Every Englishman... (laughs) Fair play! (laughs) Fair play. We entered a time warp, like in that episode of Doctor Who, where they enter a time loop. Doctor Who? Huh? What? <clears throat> so, uh, well, that certainly was uh, was was fun. My brother um, was going to live in a warehouse as was almost like a live-in security guard. That happens in in London quite a bit. I'd like to live in a windmill. I'd like to live in a lighthouse. I meant a lighthouse. Oh, should we? So you can have my windmill. I'm not living there anymore. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks, man. Nice. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. No accidents or incidents reported across the three counties. Just usual delays on the A1, a black cat, especially southbound towards the works. Uh, northbound is also quite heavy, actually, if just spotted on the sensors. Congestion passing Stevenage on the southbound A1M, 8 to 7. Anti-clockwise M25, worst stretch, I would say, is 18 to 16, down to the M40. M40 itself is moving quite nicely on the sensors and cameras, and if you're using uh, trains, a good service generally, although if you are heading up into Northamptonshire, a reduced service on East Midlands between Corby and Kettering because of industrial action. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. James, thank you very much indeed. Last 30 minutes of the show. If you want to give us a call now, is an excellent time. Spreading poo- Did you know they spread human poo-poo on plants? That's just the grossest thing ever. 
Also, going back to your childhood homes, would you do it? Have you done it? Would you let someone in? And have a look at the uh, the Facebook page. Uh, trinkets on graves. Is it tacky or tasteful? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. David Cameron says the Coalition plans to introduce further restrictions on how long migrants can claim benefits. A Bedfordshire council has been criticised for leaving laminated notices on graves, telling relatives to remove ornaments. Two people have been cut free by firefighters after a car hit a shop front in St Albans Road in Watford in the early hours of this morning. And the homeless charity Shelter says nearly two million working adults between the ages of 20 and 34 are still living with their parents. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes Olympic long jump champion Greg Rutherford starts his Commonwealth Games campaign this morning with qualifying at Hampden Park in Glasgow. England won silver last night in the 100 metres with Adam Jamili second to Jamaica's Kamar Bailey Cole. This is my first senior medal. Um, I'm speechless, I really, this is... There's so much preparation that goes into running 10 seconds. It's not as easy as people think and I've got such a great team behind me and I can't believe it. it, First time representing England and... Oh, I'm, I'm so happy. Milton Keynes' Andrew Bagley won a silver medal with England in the team table tennis final. The Milton Keynes-based badminton team also won silver. And Hemel Hempstead's Max Whitlock is in the England gymnastics team, who sit in gold medal position at the halfway stage. The team competition finishes today. In football, the pre-season friendlies continue tonight. Luton are splitting their squad to play two matches, at home to Colchester and away to Boreham Wood. The club has apologised to supporters for any inconvenience but say it's vital the entire squad is 100% match fit. Stevenage hosts Reading. That's a 7.30 kick-off at the Lamex Stadium. Milton Keynes Dons go to Cambridge. Wickham go to Wealdstone. In cricket, India will resume on 25 for one on day three of the third test at Southampton. That's in reply to England's 569 for seven declared. Ian Bell top scored with 167. It's a good start. Like I said, uh, a lot of the guys have played really well who have come into the team. You know, and maybe the guys who've been around a while haven't haven't played as well. So it's nice to, like I said, to put in some performances this game. But like I said, that's just the start of hopefully kicking on. And it's nice as a batting unit, I suppose, to be able to declare on 500 rather than getting bowled out on 500. So that's a good sign as well for us. And in the Minor Counties Championship, Bedfordshire start their second innings, trailing by 53 runs, going into the final day of their match at Norfolk. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555 BBC Three Counties Radio Just take your anus out of the picture Just say it explodes One, two, three, four, five. Now The first five numbers in, t- uh, in Counting to Ten In Counting to Ten I love that song It's a good song, isn't it? One, two, three, four, five. Hey, Justin! Senses working over time yeah. Who won the battle of orchestral manoeuvres in the dark? An XTC ah, mm. on your show at the weekend. Two for the price of one, our listener vote. Who do people want to hear two songs in a row from? The winners. <laughs> OMD. Oh, you idiots. Your mm. listeners are idiots, Justin. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will say that categorically. Anyone who listens to your show has got no sense whatsoever. Wow. OMD, the Joan of Arc. If she know. had a heart, would she give it? To me. And what other songs did they do? Uh, they did Walk a Nola Gay. 
Oh, Enola Gay. They did a song called Enola Gay. Yes, and Souvenir, we played that as well. Oh, mate. You're, Beautiful you, songs. Uh, I'm boycotting your show for the rest of this month. Wow. Kelly Betts got Hi. a mid-yawn. Mm. You were saying something. Um, yeah, but it was really irrelevant. You know the pink T-shirt I wore last week? Yeah. I threw it in the bin. Why? Because I got, I got a little bit of abuse for Who it. from? My colleagues. Why? Not me. No. I yeah. liked it. I gave you loads of, uh, loads nope. of very special comps. If you want it, it's in the bin in the Premier Hotel. Are you serious? Yeah, that's right. I Would thought you... you looked cool. Buttons. I'm very sensitive when it comes to uh, uh, clothing criticism. Why do you wear that Catherine... Uh, someone who used to work here um, once caused me to throw away a pair of shoes. What? Because she said they look ridiculous, bullied me on air, and um, so I threw away the pink top as well. So See, I think basically you throw away anything that somebody else says looks bad, but when I say it, you. Like I told you the pink. Boss, listen, I'm a fashion icon. I said it looked good. I thought, personally, it was a PR stunt last week, putting that picture on Facebook of uh, you and Scoinsy, you in your uh, pink shirt there. Pinky and Perky, the new double act. A Pinky and Perky, you in a second, Sunshine. I'm Perky. What? I'm Perky. Not very. Not not if you speak like that. That sounded... (laughs) I'm Perky. Oh, for goodness sake. It's like like, um, working with a wet fish. Yeah. Grouper. Oh. You see what I mean? Up your game. Yeah, up who? Scoinsy. Yeah, yeah, good, good. Yeah, up, just, up. just go to some, you know, speech management classes. Mm. Yeah. I went there years ago. Confidence lessons. Yes. Um, personality school. Mm, cool lessons. Cool lessons. Yes. Um, less dull workshops. Yeah. <laughs> um, e- excitement night class. He needs to realise that uh, Lycra is not actually as sexy as he thinks it is. I don't think it's sexy. He can hear us. Oh, he can. Hey, that's Ooh. all quiet, though. Yeah. So, Justin! Mm. What you got for me? Do you know what, Ian? I'm loving this phone in this morning about have you ever knocked on the house that you used to live in? Yeah. Because uh, something happened to me about, what, three or four weeks ago. I was, uh, I'm being honest with you, quite drunk at the time. Hey. And um, I was walking past my old grandparents' house at about four o'clock in the morning. And I thought, do you know what? I would love love to go and knock on that front door. Yeah. Maybe not now, no. but um, at some no, point. No. Yeah, a drunk bloke turning <laughs> up at four in the morning, that isn't going to win you any favours. It's not going to work, but but it did intrigue me. I was thinking, how have they turned this house around? I've yep. got so many childhood memories. Yep. Um, so one day, I think I would like to go and knock at that front door. Now, I'm in Dunstable this morning. I've been talking to people about this. I spoke to Andy a few moments ago. We've almost got what you're looking for here. Oh. Here's what he had to say. Now, Andrew, you've actually knocked on the door of your old property but uh, it was a weird one because you install Sky TV so when you got the call to say right this is the address and you thought that's where I used to live what was going through your mind? Uh, It's just a bit of a weird one Um, yeah it's just uh, it brings back memories but uh yeah, it was just when I saw the address, and yeah, I said it was my first house I ever brought, so um, yeah, it's just a bit of a weird one going back there. So when you actually opened the door and you went in, how did it feel being back there? As I said before, it was all the, all the feelings of uh, being there, because I said it was my first house, it was my first house I ever brought, so it was uh, the feelings of going out and my first girlfriend living yeah. with me and stuff like that, and yeah, I spent most of my time looking around the house more than uh, actually installing. So it to be like you loved it. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, lovely little house, uh, as I said, uh, it made me, uh, made me a lot of money, yeah. so uh, yeah. Still, still have good memories of it. Okay, so later on this evening, a scenario: somebody knocks at your front door. Yeah. Okay, and they say, "I used to live here many years ago. This was my first home. I'm just intrigued. Can I come in and have a look? Would you let them in?" 
Um, it's a bit of a weird one. Um, as I said, oh, I've got a house now where I live in Todderton, uh, Bedfordshire, and uh, we do know the uh, people who we brought the house off, mm. and we uh, they, they do go past and have a look and see what we've done, mm. uh, whether I let them in or not. I don't. Yeah, I suppose I would do because <laughs> yeah. I know them. But uh, if I didn't know them, no, I wouldn't let them in. No. Okay. Interesting stuff. Thanks very much. No well, what would you do, Just? Um, I probably would let them in actually after I had sussed them out. I want some more information. I want to know when they lived there. I want to know their names. And also, I want some sort of contact number so I could phone them at work beforehand. <laughs> so, so I knew they were genuine. Contact Come on. number? Yes, you exactly. You want to their mum, their yeah. first wife. You want all of that stuff. I want the background. I, um... You've got to wait. If they just knocks on the door, you've got to weigh up the pros and cons. Mm. Uh, you know, try and get a feel of the person. I think I probably would. Well, you know what? Interestingly, a moment ago, I spoke to Barbara, and she used to live in Wales, uh, now living in Dunstable. She wants to go uh, back to Wales and see what well, it looks like. Don't well, let her in. She, well, she was back there about a year ago in the area, and she thought, you know what? I'm intrigued. I'm going to go and knock on this door. Uh, sadly, nobody answered, so she didn't quite get in, but, but she was intrigued enough to go and knock. She said to me, I'm in my 80s, and because I'm in my 80s, I can get away with things like that. Yeah, yeah I said definitely. to her, okay, what if someone knocks at your front door? Would you let them in? Absolutely not. So. Here's the thing, right? There are two two properties I'd like to look around. One is my is the house I grew up in in Slough. The other one is my nan's house on my dad's side, nan's flat uh, in South London. And I walked past it a few years ago, and I would feel more confident about knocking on my nan's old front door. Mm. Partly because I think a Chinese family only. I don't know why that makes a difference. <laughs> I, I've got no idea why that makes a difference. But I remember my yeah. dad saying that we sold it to a Chinese family. Calming. And, well, <laughs> calming. For some reason, the thought of knocking on their door is a little bit easier. Yeah. I don't know. There's something... There's, it, it's going to happen at some point. Both is going to happen at some point. I know exactly what you mean. I certainly w- would feel a lot easier knocking at the uh, the door of my grandparents' house yeah. than what I would do my old house. But I think it's a weird one. I don't think many people would actually have the guts to, to go and knock at somebody's front door and say, can I have a look around? Do you know what? I'm, temp- I'm, I'm tempted to go and do it today. I won't, because mm. I'm a bot. Justin, excellent stuff, mate. Thank you. Arthur's in Letchworth. M- uh, morning, Arthur. Good morning. You've done it, have you? Well, no. Um, I'll tell you the history. I, I live in Letchworth now and have done for 50 years, but uh, I was brought up in a little village in Essex called Pagelsham, which was on the coast, the River Roach, and um, it's famous for its Pagelsham oysters, and I, I lived, as I say, till I was uh, went into the Air Force, and uh, I took my family down there last year, because it's a delightful area. Yeah. And uh, I thought, uh, we stopped outside my house I lived in all the early years, and uh, it looked very smart, it had been well cared for, and I thought, you know, I'd love to go in this house and have a look round and see my old bedroom and so on. But I thought, oh, look, I won't, I won't knock on the door. I'll do things correctly. I came home, wrote them a long letter about my early childhood in the area. Yeah how much I would love to come and see the house again. And uh, I never had a reply. Oh. Oh. And most disappointing, because I thought, well, I'll do it the correct way rather than just knock on the door and surprise them. So uh, I thought a letter as an introduction to yeah. them about my early life would be an introduction to that. But uh, unfortunately, no reply. <laughs> and did you not follow it up at all, Arthur? No, because I haven't been down that way. I thought, well, you know, if they're not going to reply, to my letter, they probably don't want to show me the house. It's disappointing, though, isn't it? It is disappointing, but nevertheless, perhaps when I go down there again, yeah. I might try a knock on the door, see what's A knock? Uh, Arthur, with the greatest respect, you, you, sound, um, uh, you sound like you're of advanced years. 
Well, I'm 87. There you go, you see. That's what, that's what I was trying to say politely. And I imagine if an 87-year-old man knocked on my front door... Yes. I would, uh, I, I would um, probably let you in straight away. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you may be, but uh, I think people are more cautious today. Yeah, because you get a lot of callers who you w- wouldn't welcome into your house. Where do you, where do you go? Where, do you know when you're going to be down that way again? Well, I should probably go down uh, later this year, or, or certainly, hopefully, next year. Do it, Arthur. Go and knock on the door. I'm going to do that. I, I promise you that. Uh, I think most people would willingly welcome an 87-year-old man in, in if he knocked on the door and said, "I." used to live here. Yeah, but having said that, why didn't they answer my letter? <laughs> yeah, that's, well, uh, people are lazy these days, and letters are a bit of a faff, aren't they, for some people? They, they had a phone number, it had an email address, uh, you know, so uh, a response could have been quite easy, I would have thought. Anyway, perhaps next time I will do that, knock on the door. If, Arthur, if you do, let me know what happens. Linda's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Linda. Good morning. Have you done this? Um, we have. My husband and I, um, in Canada, it was his father grew up um, in a little place called Brockville on the St. Lawrence Seaway. Okay. And uh, we went there on holiday and, and went through Brockville. So we went to uh, look for the house. The museum told us where it was located. Yeah. And um, we went to the sort of garden and the people came out and uh, spoke to us and we, we told them why we were sort of looking around and they invited us into the house and oh, showed us around in oh, the old photographs of what it used to be like and everything. Fantastic. Yeah. And they they were fine with it. They were they were the c- c- Canadians are kind of quite laid back anyway, aren't yes, they? Yes, they are. They uh, they were an older couple. Yeah. Um, but they they were very very welcoming, and as I say, showed us around, and it was lovely. Mm. I'm t- the, the more I hear, the more I think about this, Linda. The more I'm tempted to do it. Yeah. Linda, I appreciate your story. Thank you very much indeed. Well, th- I, I was going to give them a call. I'd send them I'd send them a letter but I don't know the address. Guys? Guys? Kells? You're an idiot. I'd write to the I'd send a letter to the people who live in the house I used to live in but I don't know the yeah, address. Yes. I know it. Scoins? Huh? I'd send a letter to the people who live in the house I used to live in mm. but I don't know the address. <laughs> I don't know their address. What have they moved? <laughs> to th- they they have moved into the house. Right. And I don't know the address. <laughs> Can you find it out? <laughs> How? I don't How? Know, have you got a postcode or something? Oh, I don't know it. Oh. Could you... Uh... It's the address I grew up in. But I don't know where they live, so I can't write to them to ask them. <laughs> Scoins is a plum. Yeah, he's a plum. What plum? I think you lived at 94 Scoins of Plum Street. Yeah. M-U-P-P-E-T. Or or maybe um, I lived at um, 69 Scoins is a Wet Fish Avenue um, in Plumsville. Uh, 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 Postcode, the same one you said. That's M-U-P-P-E-T. Do you want to do one, Scoins? He doesn't know what we're saying. No, he thinks we're actually giving out his he's, home address he's and he's scared, <laughs> he's crying. Um, Do another one, Kels, it's funny. Do another address for him that he lives in that's, that's rude about him. 18. <laughs> 18 going to some Muppet Street. What Scoins, town is that in? Scoinsville. What's the postcode for that? What's the postcode for that? 
P-L-U-M. Yeah, I've got one. Got um, yeah, it's uh, again, it's number 69. Yep. And it's um, uh, Scoyne Stinks Lane. <laughs> and uh, the town is in Milton Keynes. Uh, and the postcode is... Um, um, che- uh, it spells Cheese Bell. <laughs> C-H-E... It's a long, too long for a postcode. Yeah. That's not going to work. Um, uh, Muppet, he lives at Muppet again. He lives at... Number two. Um, it's hard to do when he's staring right at. Yeah, me. I know. He can't hear you. Don't worry. Number two. He doesn't get it. Idiot Lane. <laughs> <laughs> Yours are genuinely <laughs> brilliant. In Poo Town. Do the postcode again. And the postcode. P L O P five. Plop five. <laughs> Yeah, wicked. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Anti-clockwise M25 queues 20 to 16 towards the M40 in patches on the sensors. A1 busy at Black Cat through the roadworks. That's mainly southbound there and the A1M is heavy 8 to 7 passing Stevenage. Uh, North Circular if you're heading into London, usual congestion from Park Royal down towards Hangar Lane. And as for the trains, East Midlands reduced service catering to Corby if you're heading up into Northamptonshire or because of industrial action. No problems though for the West Coast mainline this morning. James Woolley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thanks <laughs> Someone has just tweeted me saying I don't know the address of the people who live in the house where I used to live. Someone's tweeted me saying you could knock on the door and ask them the address. <laughs> oh, dearie me, dearie me. And focus. 8.47. By the way, please don't send letters to any of the addresses we just gave out. Paul Scoynes will be very, very upset. 47. It's Tuesday the 29th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. David Cameron says the Coalition plans to introduce further restrictions on how long migrants can claim benefits. A Bedfordshire council has been criticised for leaving laminated notices on graves telling relatives to remove ornaments. And the homeless charity Shelter says nearly two million working adults between the ages of 20 and 34 still living with their parents. 08459 555555. Here's Kate with the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's set to be quite a warm day today. The temperature outside already very, or beginning to get very warm. We're looking across all three counties, ranging between 14 and 17 Celsius already. The sun is out and it's going to set to get warmer. We're looking at a maximum later on of around 26, possibly even 27 Celsius in the sunshine. Towards the end of the afternoon, though, towards the north and the west, we'll start to notice the cloud uh, arrive. And then through this evening, an overnight continues on its journey south and eastwards. Now, behind this cloud, we'll get some clear spells, some clear skies but also the introduction of a bit of a westerly breeze and some fresher air so perhaps a more comfortable night uh, tonight we're looking at a minimum of 13 celsius so dry bright with sunny spells tomorrow that westerly breeze will make things feel a little bit cooler but still pleasant and warm we're looking at a maximum tomorrow of 24 celsius and that's your forecast BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. The town itself is it's absolutely beautiful. The first really rural community out of London as you go northwards. And all this week we're featuring Harpenden. There's a good community spirit. Everybody would dream to live here. Inviting everyone to where you live. Set in the countryside of North 
Hertfordshire. It's got history and it's uh, got modernism as well. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. I say it's a great place to live. I say I'm very lucky to live here. Wonderful, full of friendly people, real community spirit. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I like going to Harvard and visiting my grandparents. From BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, Peter's in Bedford. Morning, Peter. Hello. Hello, Peter. It's David. No, no, it's Peter. No, I'm actually David. It says on the screen, Peter. <laughs> oh, sorry. Can, well, can I... Mm, that's, that's awkward, isn't it? Um, um, it depends on what subject. Um, are you talking about graves? Yeah. Oh, then it says it's, it's Peter. Um, <laughs> th- th- I tell you what we can do. Hang on a second. Sorry, I've I've really muffed this one up, mate. What have you done, mate? I've put uh, Peter when it should be David. Oh, well, it says David on my screen, and I've written Peter. Okay. Because well, I was talking to a Peter just a minute ago. How do we get around this one? I think if we move on quickly, no one will notice. David's in Bedford. Good morning, David. Morning. What again. have you got for us? It's concerning the graves. Ah, yeah, the graves uh, were in Sandy, where people have been told to take off knickknacks, lights and ornaments. What is happening, and I think this is a nationwide, of all over the UK, is that little individual councils are making their own rules, and some of these should be decentralised in each of the counties, where they have a set rules for what you can do with the graves, and what you can put on and what you can't put on. Well, what do you think? Do you think that people should be allowed to decorate their graves any way they want? Within reason. But if they want to put their own flower pot in, it's got to be cemented in to the ground as far as it can. Even if they just want to show a bit of something, as long as it's metal, not... Uh, Pla- cement. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of or these plain. things in this, this this graveyard and in other graveyards, they're, 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 they're kind of plasticky and they're bright and they're colourful. And some people might argue that they look a little bit naff. Yeah, but everyone to their own. You, it's what you want as a family yeah. for your people. How about, uh, uh, David, how about if, if uh, you've got a nice uh, traditional-style grave where you've got a loved one buried and it's got a headstone and maybe some flowers, and then next to it there's someone who's put one that's covered in, you know, these solar lights and fairy lights and there are plastic angels and things like that. Uh, uh, it could be considered that it's making your grave look a little bit unpleasant. Yeah, but there would be like a set, something like that would not be allowed. Yeah. You're allowed to have plant pots, etc. That's something that blends in with the whole of the cemetery. Mm. David, listen, sorry for getting your name wrong, and thank you very much. hope to speak to you again. I'm moving on just because we're rattling towards the end of the show, and we're going to speak uh, with J-Dog before the end of the show. Before that, Irene's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Irene. Hello, Ian. Hello, Irene, what have you got for us? Um, I, was just, uh, I was evacuated in Cornwall when I was five, and I was there for five years through yeah. the war, and I went. I've been back since, and it's a ho- holiday home now. So I found the agent and rang them, and they let me into the house. Did so they really? I went all over where I. So you were there between five and ten. Yeah. Uh, and w- was it I- exactly as you remembered it? No, it's been altered slightly. Right. But um, I went in my bedroom, 
and that hadn't been altered. And I was evacuated with a girl who lived in Florida, and um, I did a video of it and sent it to her. Oh, what a lovely treat for her. And uh, the thing I kept saying to her was, I could hear us giggling in our bedroom. Oh, funny. (laughs) But, um, was it was it powerful? Did, did, did you know? Did it did it take you back to being oh, no, five years old? Very nostalgic. Yeah. Very sad, really. Yeah. Because the people I was evacuated with have died, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Sold the home, and it's a holiday home, and altered quite a bit. But it it was still. You know, where I, I lived for five years. Do you think I should do this, Irene? Go, go and knock on the door? Oh, definitely. Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't help but do that. It's a, a one-off, isn't it? You know, I mean, you're there and you just can't walk away from it. Irene, I, what a lovely story. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it with my sister, though. I'm going to. I'm going to bring my because I'd imagine this is. The, you know, she says you, you get one chance at this, mm. and if I turn up on my own and they say yes, I can't go back a couple of weeks later and say, "Oh, but my sister now." You kind of got to go and do it and get it out of your system, haven't you? Yeah, you can't. Uh, you can't go up in in waves. Kells, do you want to pretend to be my sister? Yeah, sure. All right, nice one. Uh, Justin! <laughs> yes, That morning, was a nice boss. story, wasn't it, from Irene? Well, do you know what? Um, I'm live in Dunstable this morning. A moment ago, I spoke to Peter, a bit like your previous call. He was evacuated during the war. Oh, yeah. And um, a few years ago, he woke up and he thought, do you know what? I want to go back to London, and I want to go and see the house which I grew up in, um, out of nowhere. So he went to his old property, he knocked on the front door, and he got in. Um, Incredible stuff. So I asked Peter, how did it feel seeing his old home? Probably the thought that I'd like to go back to that time when I was a kid living there. Other other than that, you know, it's not uh, um, nothing specific, you know, I mean... uh, uh, when you when you look at who's moved in there now and the 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 work they've done on the properties, you know, improve them obviously because uh, when I was a kid we didn't have double glazing, but now they've yeah. got double glazing and you know big smart front doors and uh, my, my dad was never a gardener, but the front garden looked a bit a lot smarter than when my dad was when, when my dad was there. I find this fascinating. Not many people I've spoken to this morning have, have done what you've done. I'll let you get on with your day. Thank you very much indeed. No, no, you're welcome. You're welcome. So there you go. Uh, Peter this morning, who just randomly got up one day and thought, you know what, I'm going into the capital. I want to go and see the house where I grew up in with mm-hmm. my family and my sister. And he absolutely loved it. Yes, things have changed, but he got a lot of comfort from doing that. I'm going to do it. One thing that will make it slightly easier for me, mm. possibly, is I have been on telly. Yes. Right, and th- 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 they probably won't recognise me, but it would be easy to... to Google you? Google myself. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Google it, me. Squines is pulling a face. Why would they Google you? No, I could Google me. Why would you do that? <laughs> well, so, so you probably that, do that anyway, right? Sorry? Well? No, but so I could say that I've been on... So that they, that, that I wasn't just a stranger. I was that friendly yeah. guy from the television. What? Friendly? Hang on. Why, do, why are you giving them reasons to go, uh, why, why, you've just turned up at my house and you're saying I'm a celebrity, come and let me in right, now? He's, he's not understood no, it at all. he doesn't does he? get it at all. Doesn't, he doesn't know what it's like to be a, a bit of a, a star, does he, Just No, no. I had an incident a few years ago at a nightclub and they said, sorry, you're not coming in. Um, don't believe your ID. I said, Google me. Yeah, he actually did. He actually did. Just, I'm, I'm going to move on. Just come on and get Steve in. Steve's on the line. Morning, Steve. Hi, Ian. What would you like to say? 
what a right bunch of weirdos you've got on there today. Who on earth would want to go and see their old house? What's the point? It was, it was your house. It's not. It's now someone else's. You're just looking at their house, not your old house. That's mental. Well, your their house is still your old house. It, it can exist in both those states. But they, they would have changed it. And if they hadn't, it would be exactly the same as you remembered it. And if they've changed it, it's no longer yours. It's theirs. Well, no, but it, even if they haven't changed it, it's still no longer mine. But it was mine. And it doesn't, doesn't matter what they've done to the carpets. doesn't matter what they've done to the wallpaper. To go and sit in the bedroom that I occupy between the age of zero and 11 and just, just take a ride on those memories, you wouldn't want to do that, Steve. I, I can I get the memories, oh. but I don't think you have to go there. Why don't you get a bit of paper, draw a, draw a square, divide it into bedrooms, and go, oh, look, it's like my old bedroom. I'll have a reminisce about it. Steve, can I, can, I can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? When exactly did you get rid of your soul? <laughs> Just after what, listening to you for a couple of weeks, I Steve, guess. nice to talk to you. Th- I, I, I'd love Thanks. to talk longer. I've, got, I've come to the end of the show. Thank you very much indeed. It, it raises, maybe it is slightly weird. Or maybe he's soulless. After we uh, so we bought a house in London, and the people who we we bought the house off kept coming round for the post all the time. Oh no, we had that in our last house. And when when she came coming round, to the end of the show, the kids came we're late. Round, they started the, looking round our fridge. The end, actually, the end of the show. Anecdote. Don't start one. Eleven Scoinsy stories are really long avenue. <laughs> That's harsh. Bumsville. Bumsville postcode. S-C-O-I-N-S-T-A-K-E-S-F... I don't want to know where that's going. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Southbound A1, busy a black cat. Usual congestion passing Stevenage on the A1M. An anti-clockwise M25 heavy down towards Junction 16, the M40. East Midlands trains reduce service Corby to Kettering today because of industrial action. James Warnick, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots of great calls this morning. Fascinating stuff. Thank you very much indeed. Justin Crackenwork, Kelly, thank you, Paul. <clears throat> JBS is up next. We'll be back tomorrow at six from all of us. Until then, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Thank you, Ian. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in... Do you think it's right that immigrants should only get benefits for three months? The government is to 